Welcome to the latest 8-4 Play podcast, Hi. our Shadows of the Damned special, um, if Zadamned. you will. Zadamned. Yes. Um, I'm your host, uh, Mark Gaming Jesus McDonald. Um, if you don't know, you're listening to the first, last, greatest, only podcast about Japan games and Japanese games. Um, joining me is... Um, a little bit, a little mix here. We have the uh, the usual crew, but we have a special guest uh, who I want to start off. Um, very good friend of the show, uh, translator extraordinaire, localizer extraordinaire, writer extraordinaire. I don't even know. Human being extraordinaire. Yeah, human human being extraordinaire. Oh, wow, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Brian Putaclaus Gray. <laughs> nice. I was wondering what you are going to come up with. That's what nice. were you thinking when you wrote Putaclaus? Wait, what? You're, now you're getting into our Shadows of the Damned discussion, which is... Yeah. I was just really curious. Which is part of the reason why uh, Brian is here. Brian was the man, basically, on um, pretty much on 8-4's involvement with the script for that game. But... We're getting ahead of ourselves. Sure. Um, thanks to Mr. <laughs> uh, JJ Fourth, Fifth, <laughs> Turkey, Epperson. I didn't say turkey this time. <laughs> you didn't? No. Jackpod. Yeah, I said jackpot. That's yeah. Yeah. Why did you say jackpot? So uh, I moonlight as a voice actor for iPhone, one iPhone game. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a storied career. Yes. <laughs> They came here to the office. They came here to the office. We recorded Twice. some lines. And yeah. it was basically me like shouting uh, different um, things, uh, different kinds of uh, uh, bowling results. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and other things like there's a casino game. But on the, the text that they wrote out, it was supposed to be jackpot, but it said jackpod. And so I love that they're like, okay, well, they're like, the, Dude, the, 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 it's like a game time decision. It's like, all right, let's just record both. Right. Yeah. They, record, just record, just so, they recorded jackpot and jackpod. Right. I really hope jackpod makes it. I do too. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. vote for jackpot. Yeah. 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 What's that the title was, of the game? I don't know. Can you give us a little, a little smattering I know, of that I know right that now? it's made by Han Game. Um, yeah, they're like a Japanese. Can. They do like online Japan. RPGs, and I I think they're Korean, they're but they Korean. have a Japanese branch right. that does stuff too. Well, I have to say, I think you did. A, you were doing a good job. Thank yeah, you. yeah. What I heard across the office and was giggling <laughs> <Right>. about. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could have like a side career being a foreigner who shouts things. Could you give us a little sample? <laughs> like, like, can you say spare for us? Spare. Oh wow! The most ridiculous that like- thing that you had to say. Uh, they had you say I stuff tell you. in Japanese, <laughs> but in with a right. right so, that's what yeah. it was. Right. So yeah, they oh, had me yeah. say Japanese stuff, and like actually, this was the thing that I kind of suggested because it didn't say to read it like a foreigner who couldn't speak Japanese, but I figured that's probably what they wanted. You took artistic license. I did a little bit <laughs> as a voice actor. So yeah, right? like I said, <laughs> what, uh, did you, what did you say? The one this time was like it was Donketsu game. But I, I said it. Don't get to game. You know <laughs> what does uh, Hiroko give us? I don't the, know what that means. Actually. Don't get to game. It. it well, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's meaningless. Yeah. It probably no, no, I is. I think it's like 
uh, well, mm, I'm not sure, so I shouldn't say, but. Right. Well, it's something. Maybe the, mm, <laughs> Brian, you want to take a step? I can't help you here, sorry. Don't, don't get this, like, uh, coming in last. Oh. So I think that's what it means. Well, but. not coming in last yeah. is Hiroko. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Oh, no. Minamoto. No. Yes. Yeah. You're getting harassed again on the again, street in our yeah. office. It's so weird. Like that is that like a place where people hang out to check out girls or something? I don't know. But this guy, like this Indian looking guy, was like staring at my chest area when I wasn't even revealing my chest like area. Like no, no you can't see anything, but he was just staring at my chest area and just made Do that it, noise. D- Acted out for us. What did he sound like? <laughs> He was like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> So this, this was different from the guy who said, hey, baby, how you doing? Different. Yeah. Wow. Yes, wow. this one was disgusting. Was he just hanging out in no, front of the place? He, we, were just, we just walked past each other, yeah. and that's what he did. <laughs> and it wasn't like the midget troll guy from the uh, uh, curry place that we go to, He's right? Japanese. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true, but he's a little alien, I think. <laughs> he's I like that alien. He's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, rounding out the uh, the cast um, this multi week is uh, John Meat Sauce Ricciardi. <laughs> Meat Sauce. That's right. What is that from? Meat Sauce. You've been working some some late hours, uh-huh. and you've been eating some. <laughs> <laughs> Bentos <laughs> and how many meat sauce uh, spaghettis <laughs> from? Totally 7- sounds like a porno title. <laughs> meat sauce uh, from Seven Eleven. Would you say you've eaten in the last three weeks? Three weeks? Oh, like probably Double three. Dip. I get it like once a week. Once a week, dude. Come on, maybe four. If I check the garbage. <laughs> No, no. What, I what I, I'm not gonna lie that I've been eating a lot of convenience food, but it's not just the meat sauce. I've been getting this like um, I even tweeted about it. I've been getting this like uh, green salad like like tomato i mean a uh, broccoli pasta spinach thing that was actually quite good you and i was commenting it's a great i was, I was commenting <laughs> how sold me, yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds it, it tasted better than i made it sound um but it's it's you know striking how japanese convenience stores can have food that's so good it, like that totally. comes in a plastic you know container basically like if you went to 7-eleven in america you yeah. get garbage no, the meat sauce like i'm not disparaging that's my go-to bento myself right. mm-hmm. um but uh, anyway, and um, sitting on the sidelines, but going to join us um, really quick here uh, is uh, Brendan BP B Money um, <laughs> uh, Pritchard. Um, yes, yeah, uh, I don't know. I should have come up with some nickname. That's your trooper, trooper Milano, gingerbread man. There you go, Pritchard um, is going to join us because uh, Xenoblade has been in the news actually. Brian, you have a different pronunciation. Uh, well, okay. I say Xenoblade because the Japanese, but you know, I what's see. right, what's wrong? Right. Who knows? I, I You're call probably it Xeno- right. Xenoblade. Xenoblade. <laughs> it's like a Raiden Raiden kind of uh, situation, right. I guess. But um, so it's been in the news a lot, of course, recently with the whole Operation Rainfall um, business. But I thought it would be interesting just starting off the show where we talk about games we've been playing lately because, mm. JJ, you've been playing this. Brendan, you've been playing this. Brian, you've played this a bunch. To talk about the actual uh, quality of that game, um, I think one of the reasons that people are so excited about it is because apparently uh, this was on, 
I heard this on Morning Huge podcast, but there's like a... Wait, what? What? Who? What? What? what is that? Yeah, well, I heard on another uh, podcast <laughs> that's about uh, cooking. I hear they talk about board games or something. But uh, they were talking about that it's like one of the highest rated games on a uh, Japanese user rating site. I forget what the name of the site is, but it was like ridiculously high. It reviewed, of course, very well. Mm. It sold okay. It didn't sell great. I actually right. checked the numbers. It probably... It what did it sell? Off, it fell off the chart. First week, it sold about 80,000. Mm-hmm. And then it sold like 20,000 a second week. And then it kind of fell off the charts. So you could probably guess it probably sold 130, 140. But, um, but Brendan, you've, we've talked a lot about this game. You've been tweeting about it because you're like 60 hours in and you just got your the final party The, the final party member. Actually, I'm 70 now. And it was in the process of going from 60 to 70 that I finally got my last party member, so I it's, think. And you're not even doing every side quest. I'm doing a good amount of side quests, and that would probably be the vast majority of those 70 hours. Right. I would say mm. 30 to 40 hours of that would be the side quests, but I'm not even doing all of them. Okay, so it's a, it's a huge epic game. We know that, but I haven't heard a lot of people talking about... You know, what are the nuts and bolts of this game? How would you describe this game, Brian? If, you, if somebody was like, oh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade, what is that? Uh, well, if I were trying to sell it, I would yeah. probably say that for people who have been kind of disappointed with the JRPG over the last five or six years, who have said, you know, it's getting stale, the character design isn't my cup of tea anymore, whatever, that this is the game that would bring them back. Like, this is one that really feels mm-hmm. kind of like, A, a it's, it's, a lot, it's back to streamline, it's back to innovating with the system, it's not complicating your life with a lot of boring systems you know it's just a fun rpg start to finish mm-hmm. not that i haven't actually finished yet so that was a total lie but how many hours are you in i'm only like 10 hours in actually. okay so yeah. we're about the same then. okay yeah but so like like nuts and bolts it for me so turn-based action-based real time it's, it, it kind of controls like uh, the combat is is kind of like an mmo it does style. feel mmo ish yeah, yeah. Okay, Definitely. like Final Fantasy XII-ish? It is actually, in a way, there's a lot of similarities you could draw, I think, between the two. Mm. What are you doing? What are your other party members doing? Are you flipping back and forth controlling them? Are they all AI-controlled? What's they're, they're all AI-controlled, though. Outside of battle, you can switch between whoever you control at any time. Mm. And what you're doing, um, auto battle is always in effect. So your characters are just, you know, slamming, whacking at the monster no matter what you do. And you physically direct the characters to cast their various special attacks. Um, you know, a healing spell, this or that. And your party members are doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And a few cases, there are two special cases where you have a direct control of your party member. Right. One is the main character has... Without, a sp- without spoiling, of course. Well, pause, long pause, long pause. Well, one I can definitely tell you, um, there are combination attacks. There's a small bar at the top of the screen mm-hmm. that once it f- it has other uses too, but when it fills up completely, your party members chain attacks. In which case, one character uses one special attack, then you jump to the next character and you choose that attack. Right. And that goes around and can actually go around several times. Yeah, if that's you- kind of where the skill of that system comes in. Is where like. Typically, you can only do it like three or four times, however many characters you have. But if you use your skills effectively, you, you can just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until you're out doing of skills. It and doing it and, and doing, doing it well. well. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, the the battle is, the battles are great. Fun. Yeah. Action. Yeah. Action-y. Mm-hmm. What about story setting? Uh, I think what yeah. really makes it stand out is like, you know, again, if you look at like JRPGs, when people are getting sick of them is because there's a lot of stuff that's filler or it's just right. it gets in the way of the actual gameplay. This is a game that dumps you into an action sequence. The first cutscene is an action sequence. And right. that first cutscene is awesome, by the way. Yep. You're in it for like 10 minutes and then open world. 
mm. and you do what you want. You know, it gives you, and, you know, it gives you some mild tutorials. You know, which you can or you can read or you cannot read. It doesn't really matter. They're very un, you know unobtrusive. And if if you get, if you forget to read them, you can go back and read them. Exactly, yeah, they're always available. and you will. <laughs> yes, that's one thing. I, I I can't say it's a negative of the game, but there is a lot of systems. They're all fun. They're all worthwhile. But there's a lot, and mm. they, but none some of them, them are shoved down your throat, though. Is like no, like right, yeah. no. Right. So in it, it so it's kind of an open type of game. You're like running around if I want to take on this quest, a quest might pop up, hey, there's a girl. I think the one English example that I saw from mm. the English version of the game was like girls being like molested by some I don't know, <laughs> robot robots. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember uh, that quest actually. Yeah, you're like, Do you wanna take it on? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna take it on and you jump into oh, we jump into a battle <laughs> and um or not. So it, it it's basically like a there are these subquest things that can yeah. pop up. I mean, on it's like side. it's it's like an MMO with a really good story at its core. At its core, right? Okay. That will move you through all the different locations. So, give me like a give me a summation of the the thrust of the story here. Uh, Brendan, you want to? Uh, I'll take this one. Basically, what you have to that's spoiling. This is not a spoiler. <laughs> this is like the first, you know, ten minutes of the game. There, you know, thousands of years ago, there were two giant entities. One would be, you translate something like the giant, and the other would be like the machine. And they fought, and they didn't completely kill each other. But so one's like humanoid, and one is like uh, they're both kind of humanoid. They're both actually. humanoid. One okay. is one is looks organic, and the other one looks mechanical. But okay. they're both humanoid. They're and classy, simple name, right? Mm-hmm. And they both sort of fight each other into a stalemate right. and sort of fall into a deep sleep and right. it's a really cool scene too because like they you know they're flinging uh you know they're hitting each other at the same time and it's just like these really huge really slow moving robots with these you feel the weight of it like yeah it's like, like, like double, con- a double fighting, basically right. Yeah. right cool so that was you know millennia ago mm-hmm. now they've stopped moving they're now basically like giant land masses and life is taken hold on them and you start the game on the giant so to speak and humans now live there and that will be the setting of the game is on this giant humanoid entity which is so awesome that's yeah. such a cool concept right that is cool and you yeah. can all and what's awesome is from anywhere in the game you can see sort of where you are on the giant you can see you know oh i'm on his back i can see up in the distance that looks like his head might be up there and you mm-hmm. can also see the machine off in the distance right. sort of looking uh, down with that's kind ominous. of a big theme with the visuals of this game is that you can see forever you yeah. can i was going to bring that up if we got to any technical talk about the yeah. game but it's ridiculous how especially for a wii game like the draw distance is outrageous in that yeah game. and all all, all of the areas are just beautiful to look at like Gorgeous. I haven't I haven't seen any MMO with locations as good as the, the ones in Xenoblade. One thing that's nice about that is the game rewards you. Like if you're looking off in the distance and you see something, it rewards you for going to that thing yeah. because mm-hmm. I think it's, you get like map points or checkpoints or mm-hmm. what, what are the you, you get you get landmarks, landmarks yeah. and you get experience too, that's which right, is kind yeah. of awesome. So right. for filling in the map and exploring, you're rewarded, and then it's not like you know huge rewards, but it's enough to make you kind of you know I guess I'll take the time and go do. Yeah, this. There, that there's cool. definitely reward for adventure in this game, you which don't really is feel the invisible barrier like effect too much. Yeah, so it. It's all, it's all about wide open giant epic vistas and, and mm-hmm. whatever. So, but 
you got you've got uh, towns, multiple towns, dungeons. What's the kind of setup? Of, the yeah. majority of the game will be spent. There are towns, and they're very very large towns. I'm yeah. a person that really likes big big towns, and these towns are some of the biggest I've ever seen. That explains why you didn't like Final <laughs> Fantasy so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, some of, some of the biggest I've ever seen. Some of the most mind blowing ones. Neither of you have seen the most impressive ones no yet. Doubt, so yeah. but, I, I'm excited to see them. But um, other than that, I would say mostly large fields mm-hmm. with a few dungeon-like areas. Meaning but, like indoor Like indoor like caves and that sort of sure. thing. But most are just these massive, massive fields. Okay. And the monsters, you see them on the field, of course, which yeah. is really nice, too. Like, it's, it's you know, you're not, it's no, no, there's no element of it that, like, pulls you out of the game at any point, really, and then, like, thrusts you back, like, the old school RPGs. Like, you know, it's it really does have, like, an MMO feel, which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's a shame because, like, this game, I feel, like, takes the JRP genre, like, uh, along with Last Story, and really just kind of hurls it forward into the future and like it's a game that i feel people around the world should experience and it's not coming to america and this right. is where the real discussion is going right you right know, then the question is yes yeah, it's, it's thrusting the genre forward but is anybody looking you know yeah right. exactly right. well so it, it it's coming out in europe and it's actually got its date got moved up um right august 19th now i think yep. Yeah, and um, so which is good because it's kind of a little dead period. You don't want it to get lost in the fall. A lot of people are talking about importing it. There's a thread do on NeoGAF yeah. about definitely do it. How to do it? Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of want to actually be able to play the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to. Although I, well, yeah, I'm going to. I would yeah. rather play it. I, I'm actually. This is a picky point for me, but the fact that there's British voices is actually a bit of a turnoff for me. Like, I'm really? not a huge fan of British voices yet, but uh, uh, no offense, British people. But I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> I think they took offense. Um, but yeah, so that part. So is wait, 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 bit... wait, wait, wait. Dragon Quest Eight. Did you not like that? Uh, I did, but they were done like exceptionally well. I think I haven't okay. actually heard the voices in this game yet, so I don't know. But I'm just like generally speaking, like the uh, the average game has is uh, you don't give the benefit of the doubt to the voices. You pretty much assume they're not going to be very good. Sure. So maybe, if they blow me away, that'll be fine. But I'm mm. kind of assuming they're not going to be that good. Maybe this is just watching too many Hollywood movies and sort of directing how I think about voices and you know in film and stuff like that. But I think that there's some fantasy games that feel like they should be in British English, and there's others that feel like they shouldn't. Yeah. And this is definitely, I think, the shouldn't category. Yeah, like, I, I play the game. And I feel like this should be American actors speaking, but mm-hmm. again, that could just be you know preconceptions from sure. right. watching other things. But. Right, it may be because of the science fiction, the more science fiction atmosphere compared to a more high fantasy. This right. is definitely in the realm of science fiction. I could definitely so, be it. So there's swords and spells, but there's also like guns and lasers. Or when you say science fiction, like, there's definitely guns and lasers. Yeah, there's okay. definitely guns and lasers. Robots. And yeah, I mean the, your your main enemy is a bunch of robots. So. Right. Yeah. The, yeah the, I mean, common theme in all of Takahashi's games has been giant, giant mecha- mechanical beings. You know, I mean, Xenogears and yeah. uh, Xenosaga and now this. And so, like, you know, the moment people saw this game and saw the two giant things, it was just like fangasm. You know, like, oh yeah, it's definitely right. a Takahashi game. So cool, cool. Okay, well, um, awesome. Well, that's um, Operation Rainfall again. We wish those guys the best. We talked about that a lot. Um, Last week, but um, didn't you, you know, talk about it on another podcast too? Which are the people tune in? Yeah, we so um, the uh, the joystick show um, is that what it's called? Yeah, oh. I'm not sure when the next one comes out, but it should have me talking about um, that and localizing games a little bit, and then also um, I listen in on their discussion of. Uh, Shadows of the Dam, which we're going to talk about extensively yeah, in a little bit. But before that, um, just to hit a few other games that people have been playing. JJ, you've been playing a lot of games. Yeah. Um, um, all because just... of the Steam Summer Sale. Yes. That uh, 
pretty much just destroyed my wallet. Actually, it didn't destroy my wallet, but it was like I felt like I, I was doing something bad by just buying game after game after game. Give us the rundown. What Isn't Steam this? amazing? It's like a future. It's like my vision of the future of console gaming. I yeah. want a future that is basically Steam because like, it's I could so just, amazing. It's and it's it's, it's dan- especially dangerous when games are like games that you want are like three to four dollars. Well, so what all did you buy? Okay, What'd you pay so, for it if you remember. Uh, I got Portal 2 for $25. Nice. Um, I got... Uh, How far are you in that? I am on the fourth chapter. Not okay. far enough. Yeah. Well, Just I'm, past I'm, me. I'm Have you played that, Brian? All the way through. Nice. Awesome. You Fantastic. Like yeah. oh, it's How so far good. am I yeah. writing? Right? Yeah, it's, it, is the t- it's the, it is where writing should be in all games. I mean, it's just it doesn't get any better than Absolutely. Portal 2. I do yeah. feel like... We could have a whole discussion yeah. on that. Yeah. Like, uh, one one quick thing about Portal 2 is <laughs> Let's have another one. GLaDOS seems really bitter. So uh, actually, they talked about that a lot in the commentary. That players I, were like, "All right, we're kind of tired of, of Gladys already. Yeah. Like she's fucking just bagging on us this right. whole time. Like, why are we help? Well, I don't want to go too far into right, right, right. plot. You're only on <laughs> chapter four, but yeah. um, beep that out, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's 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 save that for another another topic. Uh, keep going. Okay, so um, then I got Frozen Synapse for I believe eight dollars. Okay, so that let's talk about real fast. Yes. Um, what is that for people who don't know? Uh, so it's a. I asked you to explain it like last week, <laughs> and you failed utterly. Because surprise. The pro- John, thanks for being here. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. Um, the the problem I think with explaining this game is that it's kind of unique. That uh, it's 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 a bit like you know old uh, PC strategy games like XCOM and stuff like that, okay. where like you have your these guys in a field and you tell them where to go and when to shoot, when to stop. Turn based overhead. It's, it's turn based real time, like. You like both Grandia kind of. It's it's hard, it like okay. Say me and Brian are playing together, right. and I am on my side and he is on his side, and I plan out my whole turn all at once, and then I commit it, and then he does the same, and then the computer like, yeah, you know, mixes it together, kind of and then shows you the results. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you do that until someone's dead, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's a two a multiplayer multiplayer more than two, two people. Oh. It's I think it's maxes out at four, but uh, yeah. Okay, online, online, multiplayer only, or you could play against. The no, computer. there's a, there is a single player campaign, which is pretty fun. Okay, um, the graphics are very kind of stark, simple, black, and just kind of right outlined. blue, you know, blue background with Technicolor uh, characters, basically right. like single color, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, and so it's like a you're a, like a SWAT team or something. Yeah, you it's guns. you got a team of guys with guns, rockets, whatever. Okay, and you know you. Uh, infiltrate this what looks like an office building and you uh send your guys around walls and snipe people and it's really fun it's a is this a new game it's yeah it's pretty new it came out uh maybe a month or so ago and and your goal is just to kill the 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 entirety of the other person's team well there are different game types um i don't really know too much about them because i've only played single player so far and you won't oh you only played single player right so the objective on those is always kill the person or is it secure the whatever so well it's so far actually no there's there the first mission is you it's like a typical you kill the other team mission but the second mission was like there's a whole bunch of uh i don't know i think they were chemists or something but uh guys who didn't have guns and you just murdered them okay yeah (laughs) like they just ran around and you murdered them (laughs) it was really weird why is it called frozen synapse i don't really know yet i was thinking maybe it's because of what he said because well actually i have no idea but when he said that you you Uh, you put in all your moves and then the other guy puts in all their moves that sort of sounds like yeah 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 yeah, that makes sense well okay so 
I guess I, having seen screenshots of this, where mm. it's a very it's a simple. The graphics are very simple, right? So tell me, what is the hot shit new idea of this game that everybody's so hyped on it? Well, it's because one of the things is because you can play it asynchronously, which uh-huh. means like you know I don't have to be online when my friend makes his move, um, and it's just you it's know PC it's, only though, right? Right, now, it's right? PC only. And uh, when you buy it, it comes with two copies of the game, so you can give it to a friend. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, give me, give me real quick, give me an example of a move of an f- entire move that you program in. Okay, so I've got three guys and um, on three different corners of the room, and okay. then there are uh, John's guys are. There's one in the center, and then in some other places. So I take my guy in the bottom left corner. And first I tell him to move up to this wall that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he uh, once he's at that wall, I want him to wait and check for enemies for two seconds. And you can set all of this stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting there waiting for two seconds. And then John's, John set his, set his character to move by that wall. Uh, so when the uh, thing actually starts, he's going to go there, wait, and then John's going to walk by, and my guy's going to shoot him dead and then after that, I'm going to tell JJ's him... JJ's living out his fantasy right it's now. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, and then I tell him to just move around the corner and stay for cover until right. the end of the turn. Doesn't, okay, doesn't that, wouldn't that end up in a lot of like awkward situations that wouldn't ever happen in real life where it's like, okay, I told my guy to walk forward. Meanwhile, an enemy walks like within two feet of him, and I didn't tell him to turn and fire, and so he's just going to walk right past this guy. Well, see, and this is kind of the problem I'm having with the game so far. Like, there is AI within the game that, like, these characters will act on their own sometimes. Yeah. But the tutorial is really bad. Yeah. So it doesn't exactly explain you know how the characters act in the game so well but it sounds it sounds like it's it's probably incredibly deep learning curve yes and that's probably why people are getting really into it because right. if you get really good at well you should go to a corner or you wait for this long you turn you right are, right i see so yeah. mm, so okay. it's really it's just really deep and uh you know if you're into strategy it's definitely a, a fun game so it's kind of it's you would categorize it as like a action strategy yeah game? action real-time action strategy. kind of like if you're into xcom if you're yeah. into old school XCOM. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Darksiders. Darksiders is a game I wish I had on the Xbox 360. I, yeah. I, you know, a couple weeks ago I said I didn't like the art style and I'm still with that. And I feel like the story is like, and the voice acting is too much like grunting. No, 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 Yes. No. <laughs> it's a comic book. It's a moving comic book. I, it's still though. It's like, you know, high school notebook. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, I think, so what? So what? I just, it's not, a, I, my tastes don't agree with it. Fair um, enough. But the the thing is, though, like, I could deal with that. That's fine. Because the game seems pretty fun. Um, the only problem is the PC controls, like, keyboard mouse controls are terrible. Like, you're, like, pressing alt to do some things and, like, tab so to the only bring reason in your That's why I don't play that, PC games. That does sound terrible. The only reason yeah. you're playing it is, though, it was cheap on It Steam. was only $4. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, yeah. how, how much is it, you know, retail on the 360? Eh, probably like 20 bucks or something. Probably 20, 30, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure I could just get like a, a pad. I'm getting a copy for PS3 from Brad, so I'll, oh. I'll lend it to you. Yeah, yeah cool. I well, no, play. I mean, I'll just buy a pad. It's fine. The um, whole pitch I got on that game was basically Zelda. Like, uh, it was like Zelda for 
plus God of War. Grown, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was exactly mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's like people who don't get enough Zelda. It's Todd McFarlane's uh, Legend of Zelda. Don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that. Now you're making me not. Except good, yeah. Yeah. Right. Except good. Okay. Okay. Uh, Joe Joe Matarera, the guy who wrote that, used to buy games at my shop back when I worked in. uh, You mentioned that. When when he was writing, uh, drawing the X-Men. All right. Well, speaking of good, the, uh, the giant elephant in the room. Uh, uh, Shadows of Zadam. It's pretty much everybody except for me here has played, worked on, worked over uh, everything about it. Um, That is a whole conversation in and of itself. So for people who don't know, um, we ate for, worked on it. Uh, We meeting John and Brian, Brian doing the the brunt of the work and and John, you kind of just crossing the T's and dotting the I's and and yelling and screaming. Um, But so let's let's get into it the, the reaction has been great everybody seems to really love especially the story which is really cool mm. really cool to hear yeah. I've seen just a bunch of uh, YouTube clips and um, been reading a lot of the reviews and stuff so I'm like kind of familiar with it but um, you know for people who don't know what Shadows of the Damned is like and some people apparently, apparently don't. don't because uh, EA decided not to market it. It I know. seems like. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, what 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 is it? Somebody give us a Brian. Well, why don't you tell him? Well, I mean, you know, the way I heard about it, and the way I was introduced was, is you know, you have you have Suda Fifty One, you have uh, Shinji Mikami, and you have Akira Yamaoka, three hmm. big luminaries in the game industry, working together to make something. Right. And, so Mikami uh, from Resident Evil Four. Suda fifty one from Killer Seven and um, yeah, yeah, Malka yeah, guy, from no. Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> from, from Silent Hill. Um, I was trying to think of no more heroes. All right. I was trying uh, to go for Suda, uh, but um, but yeah. So you have it. It's like a, it's like a super team. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think a lot of people had the same expectations as it was going to be this dark, gory horror thing right. with like maybe lightsabers like i mean you know we didn't really <laughs> know what to expect from it and then you know the first trailer sprung which i think was actually after we started working on it maybe, maybe. it was right after mm-hmm. i think yeah we started yeah, working yeah, on yeah. It. yeah um and it's like oh no it's actually this you know right. right and so i mean i think you know both working on it i think people who weren't you know everyone else who was watching from you know as gamers i think we were all a little bit surprised about what it actually was so what is right. what is this when you saw the first trailer what was your what was your impression? I mean, well, by the time I saw the first trailer, I already kind of knew what it was because I think we, we've been working on it for like a week or two at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, wh- the way I what I took away from that is that it's basically Evil Dead with a Mexican in hell. I mean, like you know, that's kind of like that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what that I that was the working good. title of the yeah. game. <laughs> so like horror, but has a sense of humor, but it you know is like self aware. Right, like, self aware is the big one. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely it's there. It's it's scary in the that's really gross and that kind of disturbed me kind of way. But it's not scary in the you know demons jumping out of windows at you or anything like that. It's it's you know it's it's more. Yeah, it's more of that sort of self-aware kind of horror comedy. It's like it's like where Evil Dead was, maybe you know the second or third movie in the series. You right, know? right. Yeah, and and then you know just mechanic wise, it's kind of a uh, a lot of people make comparisons to like Resident Evil Four right. because Mikami worked on that, so mm-hmm. it's kind of an over-the-shoulder third-person uh, shooter. And the plot is ostensibly you're rescuing your girlfriend. <laughs> the plot is Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, right. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So so when you when you first uh, saw the script, John and and Brian both, when you guys 
first saw it like what, what state was the game in first of all when we <laughs> when we got involved like where was it in terms of being done it, it, it was in a state yeah it was in a state yeah. yeah we should say this is the second time we got involved we were actually yeah. involved with this project at the very very beginning years back um just sort of on the internal side like translating some documents for grasshopper so they could show ea and everything but the game completely changed from at that early point um, right this time um when we came in it was like uh, it was it was Yamaoka-san actually who who sort of called us in and asked us to come help because Which, um, the big interview after this we haven't even right. mentioned it yet but uh, Kerry Yamaoka we talked to um, pre-recorded interview with a um, I have your son the guy who did the uh, <laughs> it's very interesting yes um, yeah you might you might hear I don't know if we mentioned it but Hiroko's voice we we modified it slightly <laughs> yeah. right. to and sound sometimes, more manly sometimes John's voice as well. But, yeah. um, right, because we were on the same mic. Right. <laughs> now I want to hear this. But he, 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 he charges will. all the sound right and the music right. for Shadows of the Dam. Then actually, mm-hmm. like some of the the gameplay, he's actually involved right in, uh, mm-hmm. with the Grasshopper. But uh, yeah, and Akira is like I a digress. big. He's a. He's you know we're we're really tight with him, and he's you know he's we've been friends for a while, and he came to us and basically you know he got involved with the project and was getting into sort of. Uh, lend his touch, I guess I would say. And um, he came to us and asked us to basically help him. They had already had a script more or less finished um, and even recorded, actually. And, um, you know, they weren't satisfied with it and they wanted us to come in and sort of, you know, But initially, um, if I, and Brian, you know, a lot of this is actually, the, my memory is sort of shot a little bit, but you might remember better than me. But originally, you know, we were only going to do, was it one character or two? It was, uh, it was more than two, but it was not. It was, we didn't, well, I, I think it was going to be just the, the, the lead duo. Uh, right, Garcia, Garcia and, and Johnson. Can, can we say the, the other name that Doc. existed before? Right, yes. Yeah, so Johnson wasn't always actually named Johnson. He actually started with uh, the name Dokuro, which is skull in Japanese. Right. right. And was it yeah, I guess, that said that that's too... It was Japanese. me. Actually, yeah. Oh, okay. Was I was like, Jack everybody Jack. else was fine with it, but I was like, nah, they're calling change it. Doc for short. Right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but still. Yeah. So we threw, threw on some ideas. I think I, I emailed, I sent John an email that had like every euphemism for the, the, the male genitalia <laughs> ever named, except the one that John came up with, which was. Jokingly, too. I just, it was just like, yeah, why don't, actually, we were just like, why don't we just call him Johnson? Ha ha ha. And then right. everybody's like, that's, that's good. And I was like, yeah. oh, I was kidding. Yeah. Silence. I, that would be a great email to, to have and to post just a List do you have any of those names? I do have that hand? somewhere. I should have. If I knew we were going to talk yeah. about it, I'd dig it up. Do you remember um, any? Well, one of them actually was Willie, and Willie actually made an appearance elsewhere in the game. Right, uh, Willie. Right. Yeah, yeah. he's the checkpoint uh, thing ghost. Who- D- there's a ton of stuff in the final product that actually emerged from the writing process, but I guess we can talk about that a little later on. Sure, but, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, so yeah. Originally, we were only going to be working on the two main characters, but you know, if you think about it, that comes with problems, right? Because if some stuff is already recorded and written for other characters and these guys are interacting with each other, you know, you basically have to write your, these new lines to match the other characters lines. And I think early on, as we were going, like that was, we realized that was kind of a big issue, but then more and more, they sort of saw it too. And we're like, you know what? We'll re-record that guy too. (laughs) We'll re-record them too. By the end, they re-recorded almost everyone. Well, the Mm -hmm. biggest obstacle was, was Fleming, right? I mean, the actor was fine, but the dialogue was not fine. Right. Right. And he was kind of getting in the way of, you know, a lot of the big (laughs) scenes in the game, you know, the introductory scene, he was getting in the way of the ending, you know, and, and those <laughs> right. are, it doesn't get much more important than the beginning and the end of the game. I said so. I wouldn't laugh. <laughs> right. So, right. You know, we yeah. had to kind of, that was one of the characters we ended up convincing them to, uh, yes, a little more yes. work in. Yeah. So who, what was your Brian? Like you approach it. Okay. And you're like, all right. So when you were writing dialogue for the different characters, Garcia, Johnson, Fleming, like 
what was kind of your did you have like a baseline that you like a reference like a go-to kind of okay well this is in my mind is what i'm going for with garcia this is johnson to me well uh, to put it really basically garcia you know again with the evil dead i just kind of thought of him as like a you know a spanish-speaking bruce campbell you know like a little bit i mean bruce campbell's character you know ash he's not stupid but he kind of plays himself as stupid right Right. in his dialogue and you know so there was a little bit of that and then you know having a foil in in Johnson, you know, and and uh, it was somebody actually I found out actually it was actually Citizen who likes uh, the IT crowd, the British comedy, yeah. Oh, and okay. so uh, uh, Moss, the character from that, actually was a kind of an inspiration along with, and you know, for me, I actually really like Nick Frost. So, you know, those those two voices kind of merged and became uh, Doc at the time in my head, and then later Johnson. Yeah, know? when Brian first pitched that to me, I, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos of him, and that was pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, but it's very it's very dry. He just kind of talks, you know, and he's he's kind of funny, and you know, and right. and uh, you know, Greg Ellis, the voice actor, ended up doing more than that. But you know, he actually put a little bit more emotion in the character, a little mm. less dry, but it worked, you know, fine. But so right. those, those are the characters. And then I, I, it's funny you brought the characters up first because for me, that was the story things that they gave us as like criteria at the beginning that were the biggest things that impacted me. For the biggest one that I guess nobody knows yet is that this game is a, a fictional sequel, right? Uh, right. I yeah. mean, the way it's set up anyway, yeah. in the sense that the beginning of the game sort oh, of shows yeah, you. Yeah, right. Right. Like the, yeah. what could theoretically be the end of a prequel, I suppose. And what that said to me is that going into the writing is that we don't really need to explain everything. Mm, there is right. this kind of like, hey, everybody knows, everyone except the player knows this is what's happening. And it's sort of just like, we're not going to talk about this. It's like the elephant, you know, right in the corner, you know, and it's just kind of, you know. Which opened a lot of doors for, I think, a lot of interesting and funny writing, I think. And, and right. you know, some of it I didn't even realize until I played the game. Like, I'm. I'm someone who is super honest about the games I've worked on, and like, so if I don't like something, I'll say it. But con- conversely, like if I do like it, I don't mind saying this game is awesome. And like while I was playing Shadows <laughs> of Dam, it is awesome. Like I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff that even when we were, you know, when we were going over it together in, on in here, like we, working on it, like it, I knew it was good, but I didn't realize it was gonna be that good. And you know, I guess some of that could be attributed to the voice actors too. Mm. But um, you know, I think that's part of its charm is not having to explain a lot of stuff because there's a lot of just crazy off the wall crap in that game that like really a demon you. that all he says is fuck you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was there before we got there though oh, I mean, right, we can, yeah, we can take we can take zero credit for that that yeah, was right, a fully right. formed idea before we got there yeah. well and also so they were asking me so christopher had his uh twang the 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 arms dealer what right the merchant the yeah. merchant yeah. yes <laughs> he had his twang before we got there but also was like only had like very it was a much smaller lines. character yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that they, was they, one of the things they asked us to do yeah we expanded yeah. all this dialogue out right they did change his voice though it was less i think deep than the original right, voice. They, right. you know they, they i think even from the beginning they wanted him to not sound like he looked that was the important thing right you know and that was already there but i think they just took it a little you know a step now now he's all like you know he's yeah. much higher you know and, <laughs> or whatever so you know what was your thing with christopher while you were writing um I, you know, I, like- I, it just he's got problems you know like, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't think too deeply about it i mean you know in the end he only has maybe like 40 45 lines in the whole game right. i think you know and most right. of them are, a lot of them are actually just jabs at 80s movies you know he does a little ghostbusters stick and right. you know some other things here and there and they basically gave there. us like the situations that he would be in in the game like where okay he's going to appear here between these scenes here there and then according to that like you know come up with some lines that will fit that scene or you know make sense like he'll comment on stuff that just happened or right, whatever, right. like the, the boss you just fought or whatever right. i guess i can't explain any examples without spoiling some of the stuff in the game so 
Mm. But he does directly comment on stuff that like the player has just walked by, and that's kind of a lot of the fun. And is you know, and, right. he, and he approaches it from a very dumb kind of factor, right. you know, <laughs> right? So well, so that sounds like what you were mentioning about getting kind of a framework and then being set loose. It sounds like um, with the storybooks that a lot of people, a lot of reviews I read called out um, entirely. So like, what what were the guidelines um, from Grasshopper on that? And then just talk about the process of writing those. Well, we should definitely mention Massimo. I mean, he's the, yes. uh, the director yeah. of the game uh, and he, he was, was great, just fantastic to work with. I mean, just wonderful. Mm. And uh, he had a really, really solid vision of what he wanted to do. And that was a huge help. I mean, if someone doesn't know what they want to do, what can you do? Right. But he was just like, I want to hit this, 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 and this point. And he actually he actually outlined the storybooks and, and gave us like the, the basic stories, except for the Sisters Grimm. That was all ours. Right. Um, but the other stories, there was a basic outline. The name Stinky Girl, which everyone likes so much. That was I think that was Massimo's. Yeah. Right. And uh, all, you know, all I did is kind of write the stories, and then my idea, my my addition to the mix was that well, if two guys are wandering through hell and they're looking at a storybook, they're not just going to read it; they're going to comment on it. Right. And so, uh, you know, I kind of pitched the idea of saying, well, we should have them kind of comment along the way. And that was great because playing yeah, the game yeah. and seeing them, it was just really, really fun. I, I I've mentioned this to Mark a couple times, like even like when you can hear the voice actor for Garcia actually like chuckling at yeah. the line. And sometimes we wrote that in like that they should comment, but I mean, there right. are the parts where he's like, definitely took it the extra he's doing mile, the SNL though. thing, like trying to like not you yeah, know yeah. show that he's right. actually laughing. I listened to some of those just right before the podcast because so many people are talking about them and they are really great. I mean, mm-hmm. they're great in themselves and, and absolutely the voice actors kind of, you can tell that they're like, they're like, praise Jesus. Like, they're, they're you know, they were like loving having this stuff right. that was like really fun they were able to stretch with and, and they illustrated them that was you know we had said we, we, I'd actually had written out like you know it, there were storybooks so I'd written in the script I'd written like pictures I'd like draw a picture of this or there's a picture here even if it wasn't actually going to be there just with the idea that that would help kind of direct the story you know right. And right. but they actually drew I think about half or more of those pictures yeah I was super surprised because yeah. you probably remember I told Brian like as soon as he gave it to me I'm like this is great don't count on it. And then, like, I, and then I called up Massimo and I'm like, I explained it to him and like told him why we need to do it. And he was totally down for it. Like he was really great to work with the game's yeah. director, uh, Massimo, because, um, you know, he, you know, I, I think sometimes directors, they, they, they need to have their own vision and he does, but they do that to the point, at least in Japan, where they sort of, it's my vision. This is how it's going to be. And that's it. But Massimo had all that, but then also incorporated our ideas as well. And you know he's very adaptive. He's very good yes. at taking a lot of criteria, and he was. I think he was thrown into a lot of criteria, and he was able to kind of parse that and make something. That's true. Because he came it. into this project pretty far along and sort of you know took over. And, well, and, I yeah. think that's a big thing. I mean, we mentioned Portal uh, too earlier, but really, like that was a back and forth between the writers and the level creators and everyone in that project of writing affects the game and game affects the writing and back and forth. And with this project, it was not. You know, you guys were definitely not given complete freedom. In fact, a lot of times it's like this person has to talk, then this person has to talk, and this person has to talk. I, I, I wouldn't say it was like that, actually. I mean, it, uh, well, the, you mentioned Portal. I mean, what I recently learned, I think, is amazing, is apparently in, with the Portal with Valve's games, the the writers actually are the people who are responsible for timing the audio files in yes. the gameplay, and that's right. that's really cool. Yeah, that's it, huge. Yeah. What what we did is we we had. I, I, tell me if I've got this wrong, but we sure. got, we received cutscenes and in-game text separately. You know, they were one file, but separate kinds of text. It was actually, I mean, the cutscenes were not totally great, but the in-game <laughs> stuff was totally horrible. Right, right. And, uh, you know, so we kind of took that, but like, you know, so there were two two passes I did in the text. The first one was to go through and look at the stuff that was already there for the in-game text, see where it was, and then figure out how to fix it. And then the second te- the second pass is when I was going through and actually looking at the gameplay and saying, well, what's a player going to think here? What's a player right. going to think here? And adding stuff back in to kind of... Right. But that's the stuff know. that I'm talking about right. is so 
crucial to the the final product. Exactly. It's like Uncharted people talk about the great voice acting. Well, it's because they hand the guy the game and he is playing the game and commenting on it as he's playing. And right. That's when those right. things come up. Totally. So often with these Japanese games, it's just well, here's where the text was in in Japanese. There's not. I mean, it's really cool to hear the stuff about like storybook illustrations and stuff like that are ideas that actually went back into the game and you know end up there was affecting some other really hilarious stuff too though yeah. like uh you know what we talked about one eye willie he didn't have a name at the beginning of the process and it was that was that was the second pass i was going through and he was originally now now he drops a big turd in the ground right, right. right. Really. flaming turd <laughs> yeah. flaming turd a sparkly turd yeah it's great <laughs> but originally he just he just like dropped a firework on the ground and he had this one eye and I was like, there's just so much potential here. Yeah. <laughs> well, so actually, so talk about that because a lot of the reviews have been like, yeah, there's like so many dick jokes in this, in this game. So were those there when you started? Were they like, was it like identified as a, we're going the dick joke route? Um, <laughs> they, they weren't. They weren't there. I mean, they were. There was definitely much. I mean, the boner was already there. Right. The boner was there was an aspect of it. Yeah, the, the hot boner. The, stuff was, the weapons were already named. Um, the way I saw it is when I got the script as it was, in, you know, with the previous scripts, the biggest problem I saw was that there was, it, and I haven't played the new Duke Nukem, so I can't really comment if it's the same, but I have a feeling it was kind of like that, where they were swearing a lot and being filthy a lot, but somehow at the end of the whole script, you didn't really feel like Garcia and, and Doc or Johnson were friends. Right. And that was the most important thing to me, is to make them friends, you know? Right. And what do friends do? I mean, they're stupid together, right? You right. know? And so... You know, that was kind of the motivation behind the dick jokes. And and people talk about the dick jokes, and somebody went on YouTube and made, like, an 88-second clip of just dick jokes. And, like, they really, are, they really are anywhere near the majority of the game. I mean, they're actually, a, you know, maybe, like, at the most 10, 15% of the whole dialogue is talking about the penis. Right. You know? right. And the rest is actually... There's some, there's but there is, like, one whole scene where he's, like, just shooting a giant gun. It's right. my big boner. And that right. was there <laughs> before we even got involved. That was that already was, there, yeah. Right, that was but part so, of the... I think something you bring up is really interesting, though. A couple reviews have hit upon... The, the fact that this game came out near Duke Nukem and on the Joystick podcast, they were kind of at a loss for words to explain what is it that Shadows of the Dam does with the writing that's different. Because, you know, if you wrote it down, bullet pointed on paper, it's like, okay, you know, makes fun of check. this, talks <laughs> about this, right? Naked breasts but, check. <laughs> but, but Brian, I'm curious, like, how you would categorize it. Um, it wasn't conscious. I mean, I think that, you know, I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but, like, Duke Nukem, you know, I watched a couple clips on YouTube, and it's creepy, you know? Like, Duke's a creepy dude, you know? He's like, I don't want this guy near my kids, you know? Kind of like, I, he's creepy. And, like, you know, I think it just it comes out. I'm not a creepy, I hope I'm not a creepy person. So, you know, when I write, you know, kind of sort of... Uh, you know, blue jokes. I hope that they don't come across as creep. I hope they come across as just joking around with friends. Right. And, like you know, Duke Nukem is like your uncle who tells you weird dick jokes. Right. And, and since uh, you in, in, while, while, you're, while you're sitting in your his lap, right. right. <laughs> right. And Garcia's more just like your, your friend, your friend who you're, just yeah, has it's a, like your cool. Older and brother, also, Garcia's right. a little stupid, right? I mean, yeah. he's a little yeah. stupid, and everybody likes stupid people. You yeah. know. I love yeah. how he yeah. when the storybook that he's reading, he has trouble with some yeah, of, some yeah. of the words. Right. Like that, that I thought was really awesome. Was that written? It was the having trouble with the words was written but he went to a whole nother level you know yeah and, that, and that was great that yeah. was really awesome yeah. i think how they termed it uh on the joystick podcast was it like it took its dick jokes seriously or <laughs> it took its stupidity seriously but the game is not about dick jokes like it right. really, it really no, isn't no, about yeah. dick jokes you know yeah, like yeah, sure there's like i mean i was going to eventually talk about you know not the ending as in spoilers but talk about the construction of the game in general you know but like 
once you get past the initial blast of dick jokes and it's there, I mean, like the, the whole opening, you know, banter between <laughs> the, the protagonist and the antagonist yeah, is thrust right. and penetration. And like, that's just to loosen the player up and let them know that we're not taking ourselves seriously. Right. But by the time you get to the middle of the story, there's a whole nother narrative going on there about um, Garcia and his girlfriend, Paula, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that people who've actually finished the game will see that that was actually really where the core of it is, you know, how much right. he loves her, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. Well, um, so what about the um, the voice recording um, process, so Brian? You were in on some of the. You skyped into the. I, I sat in. I didn't have to say almost anything. I mean, they right. just they all knew what they got it. Cool. And it was just fun watching them do it. You know. Right. You know, Steve Bloom. He's a vet. You know, he's done everything. He was like, you know, Spike Spiegel and Cowboy Bebop. You know, he's he's, he's the he, voice actor for Garcia. Yeah. He he's done everything. And he, so he was fucking great. He's awesome. He is fantastic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he and Chris, the director, I mean, they were just talking like they were, you know, she would read the line and then he would just respond and done. Next next one. And they just they literally just talked through the script. And they're both so good at what they do that I was just there with me you on know, my draw. I was like drooling and you know, jaw on the floor. <laughs> I was like, bah, it was great. You know? So you see the director Chris, that's uh, Chris Zimmerman. Chris, yeah. Chris Zimmerman. Who, Metal Gear right, Solid. Yeah, yeah, people might right. know who's also super talented. Like there's no accident that game ended up with yeah. such amazing, amazing voice work. And props to Yamaoka, because Yamaoka san went out and you know, he actually we they wanted us to go out as well, but just schedules didn't work out and stuff. And that's why right. Brian sat in on Skype. But like, you know, Yamaoka-san actually and Massimo went out to the studio and were mm-hmm. sit, sat through the whole thing and like, you know, kind of oversaw it too. Like they really were concerned about getting it right, which, you know, the previous voices that were in there when we got involved, I don't know how that they got recorded or where or who was there, but there was none of that. It was like, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so right. yeah, it was nice to see, you know, Yamaoka came in and just sort of took things by the collar and, you know, yeah, I mean, I was a little skeptical at first when they cast Steve because it was like, don't they want to get somebody who actually, you know, is speaks Spanish? And when it turns out Steve speaks Spanish, you know, right. and it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're okay, you know. And right. he just got in there and it's just like it was, it was, it just happened, you know. Something I noticed uh, I, I, before the podcast, I was comparing old lines to new lines, and something that I noticed that you did was add a lot of like uh, understandable but Spanish right. lines to actually what he was saying. You know, the K Magnifico and... and you well, know. the K Magnifico, Magnifico was already was there. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was his catchphrase initially. I think we actually toned that down a little bit because it yeah. was like, he was like jumping out windows screaming it for it no reason. It was used too much. <laughs> it was used too much and it was used inconsistently. It was used kind of... The idea so, was yeah. there but it was just used poorly. Yeah. Bad example, but even in the first uh, intro sequence, meaning the first two, three cutscenes, like there's a... You can tell if you compare them side by side. Was that something that you were Yeah, yeah, I definitely like, put a lot more in. Yeah. And I've already been corrected on Twitter and elsewhere on a lot of my Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak a lick of it. So, right. uh, and I've already been corrected. And I, I hear you. I'll fix it next time. If it's no, a sequel, to I'll- be fair though, like it wasn't all. Yeah, we we wrote sometimes. We even sometimes we didn't even give them the Spanish. We just said say this in Spanish, like because you're the actor, you know Spanish, you do it. So well, well something- it's different. But Spanish is a very diverse language. I mean, you know, right. the Mexicans don't speak the same language as Puerto right, Ricans, right. and like you know, and there were those differences that apparently I got sure, wrong. And sure. like that's that's cool. I don't, you know, I think most people didn't care. And great, right. thank, thank you for not caring. But <laughs> for people who actually I I abuse your language, I'm sorry, you know, and I you know, but that's cool. And I'm glad that people are talking about it because then if we do do a sequel, that's something we can. Right, right, up, yeah, right, right, yeah, and I think also it's something where it's like it's the kind of Spanish that it's like it's the like the fun <laughs> yeah. movie Hollywood Spanish, Pendejo, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh, pretty awesome, but yeah. Okay, well, any any last uh, anything else about um, the the creation of it that really struck you guys that you remember? Well, again, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but you know, just going through the narrative, one of the cool things I think about this game that sets it apart from others is a lot of games are serious and then the humor is what lightens up the seriousness, right? Mm. 
Whereas I think that this is a game is kind of the reverse of that. Mm. Like <laughs> the strongest stuff that was already in the script that was, you know, the stuff we got, the, the strongest stuff was actually the serious scenes, the dramatic ones, like the, the romantic kind of scenes. Mm. And so it went from a game where like these guys didn't feel like they were buddies at all. It was just a little bit creepy and they were, it was too serious to, you know, a game that's just full of, you know, initially dick jokes and other, you know, banter between them. And it's actually the serious moments that break up the comedy in this game, right? Yeah. Right. And so when you're wandering along and you've been laughing and laughing and it's something that is genuinely disturbing or genuinely sad hits you and you hear the actors actually react to that. That was the coolest moment watching when the, the product was finished to see that they hit those notes and it stopped, you know, and the game is there and suddenly it's just... Right. And, and it makes scenes that in any other game would have been boring and cheesy and cliche work because they're the only scenes like that in the whole game, you know? Right, right. And that was the coolest thing for me watching that come together. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's really cool. John, what about you? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I like, I'm any favorite moments or I'm really, I'm just really happy with how it turned out because, you know, from the beginning, I'm, I'm sort of an eternal pessimist and this comes from my days as being a game critic in the back in the past, but like, I'm always going into any project with sort of like the, okay, the worst case scenario is it's going to end up like this. And believe me at the beginning, there was definitely a little bit of like, I don't know if it's because we, you know, like I said, the previous stuff that we were given was like, it was kind of a hard hurdle to uh, get over, but you know. I think in the end, um, playing the game, I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. It's like really genuinely funny. Brian's an amazing writer. And, you know, um, like I said, I, for me, I'm just, I'm sort of the guy who's like the in-between and sort of convince them to do the things Brian wants and then, you know, keep Brian from like getting upset about the things they don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, you know, and like, there's a few, I give him some feedback here and there, but for there, the most there were part, these you know, five dick jokes that didn't make it in the game and I'll never <laughs> forgive them. Yeah. Well, we did actually go in at the end too and sur- surgically, they, they actually had toward the end of the project inserted some extra stuff on their side and we basically took it out we're like no it's too much like we're it's good where it is leave mm-hmm. it and I'm, I'm glad we did that because that was the right move for sure they wanted to add a lot more backstory didn't they that was the thing that jumped out at me mm-hmm. at the end it was yeah it was yeah. weird it was, i don't know what happened but massimo knew it wasn't a good idea yeah. we knew it and so in the end it was okay yeah but, i think um, it has exactly the right amount of story it needs to get to, to pull the player through without getting in the way right, right. It's, a, yeah. it's a really fun game though it's a the people are right the things that people have complained about it about it not having a new game plus uh totally agree we mm-hmm. should have a new game plus right. um you know there's little bits about it you can't skip cut scenes there's yeah. little things here and there that should be there. Maybe they'll be there in the Japanese version. I doubt it. Um, but you know, so yeah, that comes out in September. 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 Yep. And and holy God, yeah. I couldn't be happier with the cast they picked. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So we talked about that. Nobu is just. You did talk about. Well, it we talked about a little bit in uh, in the Yamaoka section, but we talked about Chiaki. I, the, the the main Garcia is. And she's Paula, right? Is you're talking about Paula? Paula, yeah, yeah. Paula's Kuriyama, yeah. Kuriyama, yeah. From Kill Bill, yeah. There, she's great too, yeah. But who's the Garcia? Garcia your favorite? Tadanobu Asano. Asano. Who is hands down my favorite Japanese actor. The idea no, that... He's my favorite. He's no, he's mine. You can't Break it out. When you think of Japanese actors, he's pretty much everybody's well, favorite. Well, so who the hell is he? Tell tell people who he is. He's been in a lot of... He's, he's been he's in so very, many movies. Very, I, mean, I, I guess it's just, he's just selective, but he picks uh, really great movies to be in. I mean, Party 7. Uh, yeah. A great movie. Uh, Taste of mm-hmm. Tea is another really fantastic Love movie with him. You know, And he's just he's a smart actor. You know, He was in Thor recently. Oh, yeah. that was for uh, people who haven't seen many oh, Japanese movies. Yeah, his yeah. a lot. A lot of the actors, basically, almost all the actors they pick will be lost on most of you guys listening. Sadly, but here they're like a big deal. Like every super, one of them for deal. games, even mm-hmm. like these are actors that like he's never done a big game never. before. Like this, this is, is like a huge game. thing in Japan. Mm-hmm. So curious to see if that helps sales. Super curious to see how they translate our stuff because a That's, lot of the, our original yeah. stuff. The, the very thought that he's reading lines that some that sprung from me, I, like, I just I can die happy. Like, right. they can just kill me right now, and I I, I would <laughs> be the happiest guy alive. Yeah. 
And you were there, right? Yeah, so I was there. Actually, yeah, I'm a huge um, Asano fan. Mm-hmm. So um, Yamaoka let me um, sit in the wow. recording. And yeah, he was awesome. That's... Like he was acting it out. Like, yeah. And, you know, there was a lot. He um, put in a lot of stuff on his own thoughts. Right, mm. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah, great. that just worked yeah. out I can't great. Wait to see Did it. you notice mm-hmm. were there many ad libs, uh, added things that you guys noticed from in the session? Yeah, not well, Lannis Morissette was ad lib, wasn't that it? That was ad lib. The storybooks they did a lot of ad lib, but that was they were. I mean, it's weird to say scripted to ad lib, but it was scripted to ad lib. I mean, we gave right. some hints about what they should do, sure. but said do what you want. For the main game stuff, they actually stuck pretty close to script. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what was I? Just, I was just thinking of something else about the Japanese too. Um, uh, Brain fart. It makes yeah, for great, great. I know great podcast, podcast material. When, when I'm like forgetting what I, was, I had something really interesting, but I, I if it comes the, back, the I'll the say The Japanese it. website is much better than the American website. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The American website looks that. like looks like somebody like put it together in like you know what's the what Dreamweaver in like five minutes. <laughs> Whereas the Esteban worked really hard on that. Oh, I'm sorry. If I, I didn't mean to pick <laughs> anybody. Kidding. I know. Sorry. I'm sure he didn't work on. But but at the same time, the Japanese website is just gorgeous. It's this beautiful like white background with like roses in the corner and these mm-hmm. like this film reel like. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm sure they each serve their purpose, but it's clear that we're talking about different markets. Right, right. You know, and that's really cool. I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say one other interesting thing about this is that we actually worked on the Japanese version as well, ironically translating text into Japanese that we didn't work on in English. So, like, we both, on both sides, we worked on stuff that was done by someone else initially. That's right, yeah. yeah, But, uh, Hiroko, real fast, was mm -hmm. he doing a Hispanic accent at all into the Japanese? No, not at all. (laughs) How would you do that? (laughs) No. What do you mean, how would you do that? Is there any katakana, like, pin? Day no. No, as oh. no, as oh. far as I, I only sat in for one session, okay. but um, no, I didn't hear I any see. of those. What you can't have a Hispanic accent in Japanese? How would tell me how you, you would, would just do that. roll your arms? You think I'm yeah. going to give a Hispanic accent in Japanese? But I mean, I, what I would you, you should at least venture a try. Yeah. I can't imagine it. How would it be? Like, what, yeah, but I guess JJ, what he said is the only thing I could think of. Maybe you would roll, roll your arms. See exactly like it. It's in English, except with Japanese. You're a shame, must say pendejo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. All right. Well, on that note, so we're going to uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, um, Akira Yamaoka is going to be more Shadows of the Damned. um, Among many other things. Yeah, but but we're going to talk. uh, We talk with him about uh, sort of his history, Mm. um, uh, Silent Hill, a lot of different, his kind of philosophy on games and stuff like that. We had some Shadow stuff at the end, but um, stick around. interesting segment. And Mm -hmm. uh, after that, we will have the news. So come on back with us. We have our very special guest, ladies and gentlemen, Akira fucking Yamaoka. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for for coming. Um, And uh, just a a quick note up front, um, Mr. Yamaoka understands quite a bit of English and can speak English as well, but uh, in the interest of, of comfort and full interview quality we're going to be conducting this in uh in japanese so um the voice you hear will uh in in english 
will uh, will not be his, but uh, uh-huh. should be interesting. <laughs> we'll see right. how that goes. Yeah. I guess we're not going to explain that. Well, we need to figure it out ourselves. First. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so thank you. First of all, thank you very much for uh, for coming, taking time out of your uh, busy schedule, and congratulations on uh, the launch of uh, Shadows of the Damned yes. in America. So this net. I saw people's comments on Facebook and got a lot of responses from fans through email. This project was quite the challenge for me, so I was really glad to see all the positive reactions. Cool. So, um, and uh, we're going to talk a lot more about Shadows of the Damned and about uh, the, what you saw as a new challenge and stuff like that in a little bit. But um, first of all, just to start off, um, what is your, uh, can you tell our listeners, what's your title now and what's your job at uh, Grasshopper Manufacturer? At Grasshopper, I'm creating sound, but not only sound. I'm the leader of the development team, so I'm tag-teaming with Suda51, and I'm actually involved with game creation as well as sound. We have a few titles we're going to announce soon, so stay tuned for that. Cool, cool. Nice. So let's uh, let's go back though um, to your past and your start in the game industry before we get into um, Grasshopper and uh, Shadows of the Damned. Um, you got your start at Konami. So can you talk a little bit about uh, why Konami? How did you end up at uh, at Konami? Yeah. I really wasn't interested in games that much before I um, joined. Konami. Um, I wanted to be an artist. Um, I enjoyed playing games, but wasn't really um, planning to join a game company to create games. Um, I was making um, music as a hobby, and so I was um, sending a lot of like sending out my music to contests and stuff, and um, like companies and um, stuff like that, and then. I was winning a lot of prizes um, as a result and money for that, and I was thinking that that's like a like an awesome way to just earn money. So um, I was I was um, really like uh, thr- thrilled about that idea. But I was thinking of just be- being a freelancer. But um, I sent Konami uh, music once, and then they liked what um, I sent them, and they were a- they were asking me to come. Um, like visit the company or um, come work for the company. So I was thinking if I'm going to work as a freelancer, I should um, learn what a client is like. So that's the only reason why I joined Konami. And I was thinking of quitting in one week. <laughs> wow, one week. One week. Why, why was he thinking of? Why were you thinking of uh, quitting in one week? Well, I wasn't really thinking of like working there, but I wanted to just study a client and see what the atmosphere of a client is. So that's why I thought like one week would be enough to figure that out. Right, sort of see what makes them tick to be a better freelancer, basically. Right. Well, so and so was that. Your first, that first couple weeks, was that Sparkster? Do you remember what was the first game that you were, uh, <laughs> that you were working on? 
So um, when I first um, joined the company, uh, I remember working on um, bug checking Snatcher, and um, I had to stay at the office. Like I had to do all nighters, and I was. I remember thinking that you know working in the game industry is pretty tough. And then after that, um, I moved on to Sparkstar, and um, I remember being picked on. What, was that uh, Michiru Yamane? Did she like, grab you and give you noogies? Or, uh, what, uh, who, who were you picked on? So, no, it wasn't um, Michiru Yamane that was picking on me. But um, So, you know, when you join a company or organization, um, like this happens a lot. Well, maybe it's the Japan thing, but um, when you're sticking out, um, people would just try to, like, like you know like the nail that sticks out gets pounded down gets pounded down exactly so you know people are like oh he's sticking out like what is he doing or he's doing something different and people would try to like tell his boss about it and all that but um when I heard that, when I noticed that, I thought that, you know, that's actually a good thing. Like, I am always thinking that I should stick out. I should um, uh, be different from people. So um, I thought that, you know, I think, I, I thought that uh, this is a good thing and um, I'll, I'll, I could probably, I could be successful, like, if this is happening right now. So quite the opposite. It was like the opposite of, you know, you stick out. She's just like, oh, I'm going to stick out even more exactly so how how were you sticking out in those early days was it how you dressed or like uh how you were acting or your hair or what uh how? yeah because konami is like known for being sort of a strict sort of tough you know um very um i, I don't know if it's is old-fashioned hiroko like safe mm-hmm. to say they're kind of an old-fashioned right. company like like with lots of rules and you uh-huh. know strict rules yeah not the kind of place that you would imagine someone like uh, kiri you know <laughs> being fitting in i would, I would say right そうですね、髪型もそうです、服装もそうですし、やっぱなんだろうな、やっぱこう、仕事もそうですよね、なんか。So um yeah, like not not just with the hairstyle like the stuff the thing stuff that I was wearing and my hairstyle was um definitely sticking out too, but not just that, but um the work style, the um creation that I made um was also sticking out. So um it's not that, you know, I was like drinking while I was working or anything but um you know um in in companies like Konami or the game industry or like in like maybe in any company that um there is like a way that people expect you to work but um I wasn't working in that way so um I wasn't I was definitely not fitting the stereotype so because because of that you know people thought that um I was sticking out and so the music that I created was also not um like not um the stereotype um kind of music that you would make for a game so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that that was um viewed as sticking out to people hmm. interesting um in in that early period as well um you did uh, some sound effect work i believe did you do sound effects on symphony of the night do you uh remember internet <clears throat> so um I didn't do as um sound effect work but um what what happened is that Michiru Yamane was um creating uh was the composer is um composing the sounds but she's really good in composing orchestra music mm-hmm. and so um 
she wanted me to um, do the um, rock um, drum part of the song. Mm -hmm. So it was a collaboration with her and me um, doing the rock drums on, on the um, project. Cool. What, what was that like working with um, Yamane-san? You worked you worked together on Sparkster and um, Symphony of the, no- the Night. Um, what's she like to work with? So, um, Michiru, um, Michiru Yamane is a, a fantasy person. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, her uh, her creation and her sense is totally different from mine. And so, she has a lot of stuff that I don't have. So, um, I I was influenced by her. So, um, it was a really interesting. Um, Learning experience. experience. Interesting. Cool. Well, and then uh, let's get to the game, of course, that you're best known for. Um, How can we not talk about it? (laughs) Um, Kensei, Sacred Fist (laughs) for the PlayStation. Boogie. (laughs) If if you even remember that one. I don't know. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) Boogie wa. So, yes, of course, Boogie. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so this was a fighting game. So, um, the memory size. So, yeah, the memory got bigger and the platform, it became a. a, um, It was on a new platform. So, I remember, um, like. Um, having fun, enjoying um, creating the songs in, in a different way, like, you know, play, playing my guitar or um, cre- create the songs like um, a band performance. And um, I enjoyed doing that. Because the hardware had more ability. More, more ability. I was able to um, play with it. I'm impressed you you, you remember it and everything. Too. That's awesome. Yeah. The boobs shaking. He remembers that. <laughs> Cool, cool. Mm. Well, and, and of course, the title that I was going to say and that we're going to talk about is, <laughs> right. is Silent Hill. <laughs> and I, I have a personal story. I don't know if you even remember this, but the very first time that I met you was uh, in, I, I think it was 1998. I had just started working for the official PlayStation magazine, and I was here in Japan on a press tour. And it was the first time that the press was seeing Silent Hill. And there was one guy on the team that they introduced us to that was wearing like a leopard print um, cowboy hat. <laughs> and everybody was like, uh-huh. who's the leopard print cowboy hat guy? Because <laughs> that- like, it was, you know, some guy who I don't remember, some guy I don't remember, and the guy in the leopard print cowboy hat. <laughs> and the thing that I remember mm-hmm. about the guy with the leopard print cowboy hat is not only the that, but that there was a... Uh, I don't even know if it was a proper futon, but there was like under your desk, there was like a sheet and a pillow. And like they were taking us around the office and we were like, oh, OK. And then this, this is where so, and then here's where the music is getting made. And we like saw your desk and there was a sheet and a pillow. And I was just like, holy shit. Like this guy is in it to win it. Like serious business. And then we went and did an interview, and there was the the three of you there. And um, I remember thinking, uh, I think a bunch of people did, like, the so- why is the sound guy is here? Like, why is the sound guy here? Mm. Because at that time, right. sound wasn't, you know, as important and, and respected, I guess, as it is now. But, of course, 
looking back, that's ridiculous because the music is one of the things, you know, maybe the thing that people right. really remember about that first Silent Hill. Yeah, film. and right. you know, at Konami, they tend to like hide their um, Talent. talents, right. so they usually didn't have the sound people um, come out to the public, right? Right. Mm-mm. So actually, um, I think it was Mr. Sato and Mr. Toyama that was there with me, but um, I remember Sato-san, he was the guy who uh, did the CG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, actually, I'm not sure why I was there. I I was wondering why. I was thinking that it's kind of like awkward, like kind of a mystery back then that, you know, I was um, placed there, but um, I also went to E3, I also went to Atlanta, A- Atlanta. Mm-hmm. and yeah, to be honest, I don't know why I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but you were sleeping, do you remember sleeping under, your at the office, and was Silent Hill 1 a real tough um, slog? What do you remember about that, uh, about that game, creating it? Well, actually, I don't remember. I thought I was going home those days, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Was all the drugs? All the drugs at that time? You don't, you don't remember it because of because of the drugs. That's cool. We were all young. So um, I don't like clearly remember, but um, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of um, staying like staying at the office. I thought you know it was like common sense that you stay you. Um, do all-nighters at the office but um i didn't like that either so mm-hmm. i wanted to like break those rules too so i think i was going home but i can't say ruining for sure. the legend like <laughs> we, we were just creating a legend here that you never left the office for you know 45 days straight or something <laughs> or silent hill one well, well, so what do you uh what do you remember about about that time about silent hill one you know you've said in other interviews that you felt like only you that it kind of had to be you that created the music for Silent Hill 1. So it it sounds like you really felt a strong connection to the game and sort of the subject matter. And, um, I mean, it's definitely gone down as one of the, the real memorable works. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious, uh, what are your memories of that, of that time and that game? Before um, I even uh, I was working on Silent Hill, I was always thinking that I wanted to break um, game, video game music. And so when I started working on Silent Hill, um, I realized that this was the this was the game to do that. This was the game to um, break um, game music on. So that was my whole. Um, motivation for um uh, when i was working on the title and so i was like very like that was my ambitious like uh goal like uh, an anarchy yeah 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 Yeah. and so you know and i so i was going to create the uh, music for the trailer of silent um hill one and um so i created the song and i let the team um hear the song that i created and everybody was like oh Mm, it's nice yeah i like it and you know i got pissed at that reaction because that was not the reaction i was looking for i wanted to them to either say wow this is amazing i love it or 
um, like, this is horrible. I hate this song. Right. Like, I wanted that kind of a reaction. But what I got was just a soft, hmm, yeah, it's nice. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was super pissed and I was shocked. And so, you know, that day there was a, it was a huge, I still remember that day, but there was a huge typhoon and I was super, like, disappointed. So I just um, went straight home. And um, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why, um, like er, um, that I mentioned earlier that I don't um, stay, I don't do all-nighters at um, the office is because I create my music at home. Mm -hmm. So um, I went st straight home and I grabbed my guitar and started um, creating a new song. And I was, I created a song in one hour and that's the, wow. the that's the trailer music that you guys hear now yeah. nowadays. But um, I was really, really shocked and um because you know, I had this whole like an anarchy spirit that you know, I'm gonna, cre I'm gonna just break everything. But then right. you know, what I what I came up with was 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 something normal that would just be accepted by people normally. So mm -hmm. that's when I realized that, um, like feelings don't always match up with the um, with your own creation, mm -hmm. and so there's always uh, a gap between your what you what your soul is, what you're feeling, and what you create. So um, that's that's um, when I noticed that, and f since then up to up to today, um, I remember that, and I always I always keep that in mind when I create stuff. So cool. it's it's been a very like. It's been a good experience, a learning experience for me. That's awesome. Mm. Made it sound very dramatic too. Like it was like a dark and stormy night. Yeah. You mentioned it was like 11 p.m. when he started working on his music. I just had this perfect image in my right, mind. Right. So and and so the whole time you were at Konami, we could talk about because you were involved with so many of the different Silent Hill games. But um, we definitely want to get to um, to Shadows of the Damned. Of the Damned. So um, <laughs> so basically, let's just skip ahead to when you um, left Konami. Like, what was behind your was was it all right enough Silent Hill? You did the movie. You did so many of the games and whatever. Were you like, I want to do the next? the next thing or what was sort of your motivation for leaving Konami and, and joining Grasshopper? Back when I was working at Konami, um, I was able to like foresee like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, like where my career is going to be. And when I saw that, I felt disappointed. I was thinking, okay, this is not what I'm looking for. And mm -hmm. of course, it's not like a horrible position at all because um, it's that means um, like getting becoming in a higher position within a big Konami, a big company Konami. So it's like a very secure position. But mm -hmm. that wasn't that didn't seem attractive to me at all. So um, that's the reason why. Um, I decided to make a move like I what what I wanted to do with my life is that I wanted to like think uh, think of what I'm going to do next and then um, act on it and then you know um, create like every step of my life but like I felt like I'm not going to be able to do that at Konami. It was so. predictable basically exactly. see okay this is what's going to happen right? right yeah yeah and that's not what I want for my life so um, that's why I wanted to um, go um, get out of um, this current uh, the current situation go go outside of the current situation and um have more um challenges 
Sure, sure. So, it, well, then why um, Grasshopper? I would think you could have your pick of a lot of different. Yeah, John is <laughs> showing off the T-shirt. Obviously, that's why. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, you could have your pick. I'm sure if people heard that you were leaving Konami, or right. even like you know, I'm sure people would maybe even fund you doing your own thing. What is it that led you to uh, to Grasshopper? Well, the biggest, biggest reason, the reason why it's Grasshopper is um, the existence of Suda51. So um, I was, uh, I used, I am good friends with them. So even before joining the company, uh, we, we went out and had dinner and like we, we had, um, we already had like a fr- friendship, like a rela- relationship um Back back then, but um, so um, what he what um, he values and what I value is um, similar, and um, so what the what we were um, both wanting to do is deliver the um, values of uh, like deliver our values um, to the world um, through um, entertainment. So um, and he I. I thought that you know suda 51 is the only person that will be able to do that in japan so mm-hmm. um it was like it was pretty natural that you know i um i uh decided to work with them and so it i still don't i don't feel like i joined grasshopper and i still don't feel like i joined grasshopper but um how i feel is um i'm like um tag teaming with suda 51 mm. to to make it happen to um deliver our value to the the um world um through entertainment hmm. that's really cool i think that's a healthy way of looking at things because it's very different from how most japanese game developers actually you know approach game development you know there's there's not a lot of that sort of there's it's a lot more of like a corporate culture type thing so i think that kind of that kind of mood is really refreshing when you joined grasshopper did you know that you were going to be working on shadows of the damned or was that something that happened after the fact so <laughs> So, um, yes, I did know that I was going to be, well, um, it's more like I was assuming that I'll be working on Damned because it was already announced back when right, I, I joined right. the company. But um, I wasn't approached from Suda, um, Suda51 by, I wasn't approached by him saying that, oh, um, we have this title called Shadows of the Damned. We, we want you to do this music. It was right. more like, let's work together right. so um i was assuming that you know i am i going to be in charge of like all of the music that <laughs> they they have like that was the thought that i had right right and how what kind of shape was the game in when you first got involved because this is a project that was going on for a long time we were actually even involved way back in the beginning um before being gone for a while and coming back but um mm-hmm. and it was called warsaw warsaw it was, was the called code warsaw. name it, was i think it's it okay like, to say that right it, is it okay? We're looking at we're looking at Grasshopper's uh, main PR guy in the background. Sir, that they sent along with Yamaoka. Yeah, to, uh, he's avo- avoiding eye contact right yeah. now. Let's just pretend he didn't hear that. Um, right. But so, uh, yeah, what what kind of state was the game in when you got there? Were you like, oh, this is, oh my god, this is a disaster. I need to help, or was it like already in great shape? Like, what what did you? <laughs> well, I wasn't surprised at um, anything that I saw. Like, you know, I understand that game creation is like. Uh, it's a gradual um, the the creation level would gradually um, grow and then at the end it will like 
right? It's not a steady quality thing. It's it doesn't look like anything until the very end, and then it all comes together in the last couple months. So I didn't feel like ah, this is garbage. Like this is this game is not going to sell or anything. But um, but you know, I also remember thinking that you know, is is there any way that um, I, I could. Is there any way that um, game creation can be a steady line um, mm. instead of like being all like, at the last exactly. last yeah. minute? Yeah. Well, so what was your approach then for Shadows of the Damned? Like, what did you think upon seeing it? And you know, did you then decide a direction that you were going to take for the sound and the music? Sort of, how did you approach the project? Well, um, when I was creating Silent Hill, um, the approach was to well, the um, what I had in mind was to break the style and approach of um, of game um, music. Mm-hmm. But um, for Damned, what I had well, what I had in mind was um, to do something different from Silent Hill mm. and. Like if if I go into details, um, like I uh, decided that I won't use um, noises because that's what I did in Silent Hill, mm-hmm. and um, so I knew that people are always going to be comparing um, the music of Damned with Silent Hill music. So that's what I had. That's what I had in mind the whole time I was creating the music for Damned. Mm. And you made a lot of music, right? I've heard reports. It might have been John who was mentioning it, but there was like a, over a hundred tracks or something. Or two hundred, I think. Maybe two hundred. You said two hundred, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Didn't that take a long time? So, I did make a lot of um, music um, when uh, during Dam. So, um, when I create uh, music for games, I not creating the music as I'm I'm not thinking that I'm creating music what I always do is that um, what can I do to make the game more fun like how can I give a more fun game playing experience to people through music so um, I, I'm only viewing it as like I'm in charge of the sound the music to uh, in 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 the development team to create the game. That's mm. that's how I'm viewing it. So, um, you know, when um, I created uh, tracks for like specific areas of the game, mm-hmm. what I um, did was that I made several um, ver- variations for um, the same scene. Not just like one. Not I didn't just give one area like the same track, but I gave gave like different variation. Um, according to how the character is moving or how like how you interact with the game, mm-hmm. so because of that, uh, result result the result of that was the two two hundred um, tracks that I created. Wow, so that's going to be like a ten disc soundtrack or something. So, 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 <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> so it's not going to be a, a tendisk, uh, soundtrack, but um, yeah, so um, I 
like like I said earlier, I don't view myself as a um, like a music composer person right. or a music creator. Um, what how I view myself is a game designer that's in charge of sound and music. So um, I'm not interested in releasing uh, like a, a soundtrack that has like every single track of uh, my creation. What um, I want to do is um, create a soundtrack that people could listen to and experience the and enjoy the exp- um, the game the shot game shadow of the damned experience through the soundtrack so that's that's what i um always uh value value when i create soundtracks and it's going to be the same for this title too cool yeah i think you did a really good job of like enhancing the atmosphere in that game like every stage has like its own feel i mean even the loading screen has its own feel i was telling Hiroko earlier Mm -hmm. like when i when i was playing the game too um when i you know the game's really intense especially in the beginning and you you get sort of your nerves built up and then you kind of pause for a little bit like you do with Resident Evil or something and while I was pausing I would just leave it at the title screen because the track that plays on the title screen is really just really rad and it's like just like sits there and you know soothes you and uh, the sound effects are really good too like there's memorable sound effects in that game like um, the babies crying freak me out like the babies yeah, that you stuff yeah. the food in their mouth and like that that just really creeps me out and like the the goats that like which I'm guessing like somebody just like chewed on a bag of potato chips or something to make the goat noise. I'm curious where that sound effect came from. <laughs> yeah, but, um, let's talk about the different the sound oh, effect creations, like the ba- they have the baby noises, yeah, all that stuff. I've heard a lot of people commenting. It was about really that. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. what went into that? Yeah. So like um so the baby door and um goat noise like um I created it um according to what I saw on the screen. However, um, like you mentioned earlier that um, you were resting um, at the title screen, mm-hmm. but so um, when you want people to have a tense experience, it's always a balance of like how you loosen them up and then give them a tense experience. Like mm-hmm. that the contrast is um, makes the experience more extreme. So um, that's what I always had in mind when I created um, the sound. So um, the lo- the load uh, the title screen is one example, and also like the baby door, like um, so it's a freaky sound, right? So um, before you hear that sound, what will you experience? And then after you hear that sound, what will you experience? Right. Then you know how should I make this uh, make this effect for this sound? And that's that's the. Um, that's the thought that I had all the time. Hmm. Very cool. A quick question about to follow up on that. Like, uh, if you could just give us quick, because I know we're running out of time. But like, what's your process like? How do you then come about that? Do you you wait for the game to be in a playable state, play the game, make the music, put the music in the game, and listen to it, and then tweak from there, or do you just make the music? Like, how, what's your process uh, like? Actually, both. So, um, like, if it's a cutscene that um, I already have an image of, um, like, what's gonna happen, I would um, create the sounds um, beforehand, or uh, if even if it's not finished. But um, especially the in-game sound effect and um, the atmosphere um, sounds, I, I um, play the game like as much as possible, um, and always like check what's what happens before and after and created mm. all the sound sounds. So, you know, whenever uh, um, the um, 
programmers uh, change the area designs. Mm -hmm. Like I got this because <laughs> you know, I had I have to do everything all over. Well, I don't really have to do everything all over, but I wanted to do everything all over. So right. yeah, right. <laughs> That's really interesting. Cool. Well, we should wrap up, but um, uh, can you tell us what can you tell us about what you're working on now and uh, what's coming up um, in the future from you and from Grasshopper. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of stuff. Music, games, um, a lot, really. So I think, you know, in, in terms of, like, how the gaming public perceives Yamaoka-san, like, you know, the Shadows of the Damned is very much a Yamaoka game. You know, like, we know he has his hand in a lot of different things, but, like, I don't think since... I, I could be wrong, but I don't think since Silent Hill has there been a game where it was so much, like, this is Yamaoka, and everybody also universally praised it. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know... Is the what do you have another? What's the next like you know full thing? Is is one of these games the that's next being announced? Yamaoka like, is, game. Yeah, is mm -hmm. that or or is this just more like little things that he has his hands in? But the next big project is right. down the line. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of. I'm working on a lot of stuff, and um, so um, you know, like Silent Hill. And damned, like both of them, like it, I wasn't like involved in the project thinking that this would be the Akira Yamaoka um, thing. I was just doing my best, um, working hard and doing my best. And then, you know, a as a result, people are um, like people are talking high, high about me for for the involvement. So I'm really happy about that. So um, the stuff that I'm um, currently involved in too, I'm I'm trying my best and. Um, I'm putting my best, my, my all in it. So, um, you know, it'd be great if, you know, the result will turn out that way. Hmm. Cool. So, uh, I, I guess, who are you listening to these days? What kind of music are you listening to these days? What are you into? Mm, I haven't been listening to anything recently. What's on your iPod? So, um, I haven't been listening to like new stuff at all these days. But I have a bunch of um, like old stuff in my uh, iPod. But um, today, like I uh, was listening to Take on Me because I was doing some paperwork and that the intro kind of pumped me up. So that's why I was listening to the song. Yes. So you're just listening to your old your old favorites then, like Depeche Mode and um, like what? Nothing, not into any kind of uh, new music or, or uh, whatever. Just listening to the standards. So yes, yes, I am listening to like Depeche Mode and like you know Hideo Kojima um, likes Depeche Mode too, but um, that's. Yeah, like my standards, and yep. I've been listening to those. We didn't talk about uh, that's right. Suda ah. Nature. Yeah, let's talk. What about what about what can you say about that? So it's a it's a super um, collaboration. So Snatcher is what um, Hideo Kojima created originally, mm -hmm. and um, Sudacher is um, Sudsu. Suda51 is um, taking uh, Hideo Kojima's creation and recreating that like from scratch um, with his image mm -hmm. and I'm putting the music to it. So cool. it's 
our three-way collaboration. And it's basically going to be put out on a podcast for free in Japan, Japanese mm. only, or what's the? Yeah. So yeah, it, um, as far as uh, you know, at this point, um, it's going to be Japanese only, and it's going to be on um, Hideraji um, Hideo Kojima's um, podcast. Okay, and um, oh, one other thing that was in the news uh, recently too was the um, the Evangelion um, sound impact game for mm-hmm. PSP. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you guys, you're working on that now um, as well, right? That's this game was a challenge for Grasshopper because, you know, it's an original title, but it's not an original title. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was a challenge, but um, it, it's um, looking really good. So, you know, usually when, we, when you create a game, like the, towards the end of uh, the project, the team always get a little like worn out and tired, um, but yeah. um, we, I didn't see any of that with this game. And so, it, like it, Kazutoshi Ida, um, right, creator, creator, of Tale of the Sun, and Doshin yeah, the Giant. Yeah. Giant, yeah. So he basically like ran through this project and um, made this project. So um, it's it's a very um, interesting game, and as as a, a music game, it's it's a really fun game. So. Um, I hope we are able to deliver this to people um, soon. Cool. Okay. Um, so I guess that's about it. Um, do you want to, wrapping up, do you have a, a message for your fans out there? Anything you want to tell uh, tell our listeners? First of all, um, Please do a part two of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. So We'd love to have you back. Yeah, we, Absolutely. We, 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 yeah. I, I would want to come back. Awesome. So, and so, you know, this year, um, I had a bunch of opportunities to um, travel all around the world and visit um, a lot of countries. And um, Yeah, he's always traveling somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had um, a lot of chances to, um, to like, talk will um, come really close with the users and the fans and I'm really appreciating the support that um, I've been um, seeing and receiving from all the users and fans and um, well you know when this podcast is being played I'm probably going to be in Mexico <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll, I'll be up there <laughs> yeah um, but um, so you know like I said earlier um, I um, like I feel like my mission is to um, like show the values of Japanese people or Japan out to um, the um, world, and also um, I want to show my own value to not just um, people in J- within Japan, but um, out- um, outside uh, people who are outside of Japan that has different cultures. Like I want to share like my value with um, them, and um, I'm able to. Um, do that um, I was able to do that this year so I'm really happy and I want to keep on doing this and um, someday I want to um, like travel like to every single country out there to um, show you know show the show um, what um, game how fun game is and um, how like great music is so um, I, I would like to um, keep on doing that 
And so I, I would, um, I want to um, just, I want to say, um, tell everybody like how much I appreciate them. And um, yeah, I'll be traveling around to your country. Soon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And until then, you're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, you're, you're pretty active on a uh, Twitter account. It's at uh, Akira Yamaoka. Twitter account. Are you going to go to the Akira Yamaoka? Yeah. So um, uh, people can reach you there and tell you, tell you what they think of uh, Shadows of the Damned or this podcast appearance. I did hear a story about one um, Russian fan, I think. <laughs> Of yours, like a Russian woman yep. that, that uh, yeah. <laughs> yelled out something to uh-huh. you after a concert or something, uh-huh. maybe. This, I yeah. And you got it translated later. Do you ah. remember what it is that she that <laughs> she translated? Sweden, あ、そう、そうです、そうです、そうです。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデン。スウェーデ
right, we are back. And that we... was a great interview. Was it? Yeah. Yamaoka is so sexy. Yeah, dude, he has an awesome radio voice. I kind of feel bad for not like letting him just talk in Japanese, but right. I loved listening to his voice. A little effeminate, though, don't you think? His not really. It's very. English? It's it's got a lot of texture to it. Uh, the news. <laughs> JJ, fastest news. Happened? Give us the news song. It's the news. And <laughs> you even did the fast version because we're going to do the express version yep. of the news. Uh, news provided, as always, by, among other places, andreasang.com, joystick.com with a Q, oneup.com, kotaku.com. <clears throat> All over the interwebs, we grab the news. Internet. Wherever it's happening. Uh, Star Forks. Star Forks. Star Forks. <laughs> I want to play that. Star Forks that. 60 <laughs> Fox. Yeah. Um, 3D came out today. John, you have a copy. I have a copy. You and I can opened it. tell you, taking the shrink wrap off was amazing. Did you? The I box. Did. That's all I did. Box to see the pictures, inside of the box. Has pictures of all the guys from the game. It's got all the furries like did looking through little people's. So that's out today in Japan. When does it come out in the US? I want to say soon. We don't care yeah um the um do a barrel roll there's an iwata asks with um q games who made uh this version dylan cuthbert well dylan of q games yeah and then a bunch of nintendo guys there's apostrophe s on the end of that long clause i was going at oh dylan cuthbert and um he apparently taught miyamoto uh, some english they had a language exchange while he was there um, Very interesting. You ought to ask. Yeah, it was yeah. Really is that in English yet, or is it only in Japanese? I don't know. But I actually took the time to read it entirely in Japanese. That yeah. one because it was so interesting. I believe it is not yet in um, English. Any uh, super exciting tidbits that stand out uh, from it? No, I mean the big thing for me was just it was really fascinating to read the story about how Dylan came to Japan twenty years ago from Argonaut or however many years it was. Um, you know, to it was like a wonder kid he was like a he was 18 years old i yeah. believe yeah and dylan i apologize if i'm getting any of this wrong but he was 18 years old and he came out to show a like 3d demo on the game boy right yeah, you know he that, should just he should just come on the podcast we will have him on at some point i'm sure yeah, um, it was that face whatever it was that face shooter 3d it turned into x i think yeah, is what right. it was right yeah oh, right, okay. but he had basically like a 3d demo on the game boy and he talked about like giving a presentation in front of like all the nintendo employees you know in their nintendo uh what do they call them um, jumpers jumpers yes. uh 30 people or something in a room being I super nervous want one of those nintendo n- n- nintendo <laughs> nintendo <laughs> damn nintendo oh, jumpers oh, putting ours on you sound like one my dad nintendo <laughs> jumpsuits them sorry yeah. nintendo jumpers brick breaker <laughs> that game you're playing all these days brick breaker uh, no i want one of those nintendo uh jumpsuit that would be i do awesome. too preferably the seafoam green uh, yes color for the brown ones but but, but they yeah. actually have employee issued jumpsuits right even still now in this day and age i think we have some t- friends in ncl we got to see if one of them can like Dude, loo- tried, quote unquote lose their jumpsuit you know? i tried already they were i like, think that like technically in japan engineers all wear those kind of outfits. Yeah. Whether you're like a software engineer. Yeah. Or, or like a, an engineer, engineer. But the Nintendo one has like status. You know what I mean? Like among among engineers you know, in jumpsuits, if you have yeah. a Nintendo jumpsuit, you are the man. I mean, I mean I've never seen one on eBay. I've never known a friend. As crazy as the shit that I yeah. know that different friends have. Never seen one of those. So, But the big thing that was fascinating about that interview was kind of reading, hearing about like what it was like working with Nintendo back then. And um, right. another thing too, I don't know if this is in your news, but uh, it's related, is uh, somebody, I think it was Ryan Peyton sent that link about the, um, it was like a translated interview of the Zelda Link to the Past old something. News, no, 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 I know it's Three old news. Ago. Come on. But yes, yes. But it was a, seeing the picture of the dev team, yeah. the original Zelda dev team, yeah. uh, Link to the I Past on the book. roof. I have that book. You have the so, Japanese one? So yeah. explain what it is that John is yes. talking about. 
Well, it's just uh, this interview in the back of the strategy. You're talking about the strategy yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Strategy yeah. guy to link to the past. For yeah, the and they're all on the Nintendo. rooftop. Is that yes. right? They're yeah. on the rooftop yeah, huddled yeah. up. And when I saw that picture, I had like a chill because like I was just thinking like this group of like whatever it was, 15, 20 dudes. That's the yeah. thing. It's like it's not many people. Right. Right. It's These guys really complex huddled game, together in 1991 game, yeah. on the roof of a building in like probably hot summer Kyoto is what it looked like. Like these guys made one of the most amazing games of all time, and like I just felt like transported. I yeah. felt a link to the past when I watched that picture. <laughs> it was pretty it amazing. It wasn't that nice when there wasn't like shaders and engines and things where you need like 60 people just to handle this one element of the game. And when right. you could do it with just 15 and 20 people. You know? Someday we'll have our Super Nintendo episode and we'll talk yep. about that. Yeah. We'll talk about the first time you saw the rain in Link to the Past and what that meant because kids today probably just can't understand a kids. concept like today, that. them kids these days. Okay, so um, real fast though, while we're on Q Games and uh, Dylan Cuthbert, so um, the PSN summer sale is going on right now. So Pixel Junk Shooter 2 is out and is actually 30% off, 50% off um, if you're a, a PlayStation Plus member, which a lot which of us, most of us are for a month of the... Uh, yeah. Right, because of the outage and the welcome back campaign and whatnot. So definitely, like, mm. check that out. I haven't actually played that. I, I don't know if anybody here has played. It. I'm definitely picking it up. I haven't played two. I liked one a lot though. So yeah, I'll pick yeah. it up too. Okay, Same, I'm in the same boat. Um, back to 3ds world. Um, Netflix for 3ds. Yeah, wow, wow. Today. Already, already. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Meanwhile, in Japan, we have like shitty like science videos. People complain <laughs> like about the the Netflix price hike in America. Like yeah. you've seen everybody talking about Seriously. that. Seriously, we'll pay I double. Would kill. I would pay. <laughs> be happy to do it. I would pay double what people right. are paying in America. We can't get D-D-W-R-T. it. D D W R T. They do not know <laughs> how good they have it in exactly. America. Exactly. You goddamn kids once again Sons of get off our lawn um <laughs> urban champion 3ds john you're a big fan 600 yen <laughs> I, I mentioned that on twitter when they announced it and i got like like flamed like, in, yes. like instantly like 15 like Wait, that's what, what as well the, you should oh, i agree I, I i never said it was a and good i game. say this even as the guy that stopped shane bettenhausen from giving it a zero i think it was a zero point zero <laughs> he wanted to give it and i'm like it's a 0.5 i mean come At on least. like show some respect like there weren't those fighting games back then it's a little piece of history it's got something it's got manholes so probably the first game to have a manhole any of those nes cartridges that had the black or gray box with the you know the diangular trapezoidal art in the right, top. right anything yeah. on that list is like it's a 10 automatically just because <laughs> it's a 10. i don't care what kind it of game there. it is <laughs> the black just, box yeah, series exactly mucho respect yep um uh, nintendo video service meanwhile in japan we get like videos of a comedian smacking another one on the back of the head um for 3ds um nintendo video service is launching or launched um there's like three genres there's the clothes fashion show girls something or other yep you're talking about in japan right yeah it's a big deal in japan like it's a big you know wait what's a big deal teenage girl fashion show that they have every year it's oh, like a girls okay. collection what was, that, what was that fashion game for the DS that was like apparently a decently that okay hit awesome ridiculously amazing oh yeah uh, oh no 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 no. no. he's no, talking no, about the Nintendo, Nintendo one oh, the, the one that you uh, style savvy right Pashaw, right that, that game is Pashaw no in, imagine <laughs> makeup whatever artist. the hell we worked on yeah. whatever that <laughs> never mind we worked on was <laughs> um, or okay you got your clothes fashion JJ uh, you also got comedians Yep, very popular here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um not very funny, but very popular. <laughs> yeah. 3D tour of Kyoto. Yes. Yeah. So like they had this video service for the Wii to Wii no Ma. It's like a you know, it just means around the table and whatever. Well, this At, is in a, this is like a th- original 3D video content. It's it is in 3D being provided by Fuji TV and Nippon TV. 
But you're, the stuff you're talking about was like what what was included? It was just like you could watch cheetahs in <laughs> Africa. Right. Like it was in like 3D. Stuff, it was the stuff that you would find for free in like the basement of a TV exactly. station. So okay, so there's a difference. Why is the difference there? Do you think that they see the the demographic for the 3DS different in the two countries? I mean, what's the or is it just like America? Any console has to have Netflix. End of statement. I think it's that net. Yeah, Netflix and iTunes. I mean, look at the iTunes Japan and iTunes America. It's just America's so far ahead of of sort of what you can see and not see. But the iTunes gap is not anything like the gap in any. Like we were talking about Steam earlier. Like where is Japan on Steam? You know, right? I mean, iTunes is actually Japan's actually doing pretty okay. No, but look at movies and TV that's available on Japanese iTunes. Right, that's true. That's true. true. You can still only get free books on the. Apple bookstore. I gotta say, like, I thank God for iTunes and Apple's policy of basically not IP locking out people because we would have right. nothing if it wasn't yeah. for Apple. I rent yeah. movies Don't on Apple TV. Don't even bring that up. It's not Apple's not gonna change. People might be listening. I hope not. I'm just yeah. I'm always thought maybe they just don't know. I'm not paying attention. It could be like PlayStation where Brad Douglas basically sent an email to somebody and then everybody was unable to buy PSN games anymore. All right. So rounding out Nintendo. So Super Mario Brothers. Just different, interesting stuff. Going back to this. Uh, hot burning news um, in the original Super Mario Bros. for NES. So, oh yeah, recently jumping over the flagpole, we've been uh, infatuated with this, or at least I have. You right. can do it in World Three Three, legit, legit, totally legit. I have no done it. Codes, no weirdness. You did it as a kid. On I ac- did it before the era of YouTube. On purpose? No, on accident. Of on course. accident. Yeah. Okay. Well, people are yeah, people are doing it on purpose now. You can see it on YouTube. Seven one. You can also do it. Um, and then one one. That one is mind blowing. Richie at Nintendo sent us a video. Like, yes, it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's fucked up. It's all in game. It's not technically. You're not. Have you guys seen this? I have no. Not seen game genieing it. What are they, what are they doing? No. Game sharking it. You basically get like a turtle trapped in the. Oh right, I've in actually I've seen this on one of my Mario videos that I have on my YouTube cha- channel. This is on display. Like you bug out the turtle to be on and the that's bottom a, of the that's screen. Exactly. Do, actually, and yeah. then he walks under the kind of like through the bricks, and yep. then right when you jump up in the air, like you remember yeah. back in the days with Excite Bike, if you used the Game Genie and went too fast, you would just like. You would go up through the top of the screen and come, come out, out the bottom. bottom, the yeah, bottom. Yeah. And that applies for Mario as right, well. Right, right. And that's There's another area in Mario that had that too, where on 4-2, where you could, there was that glitch where you could go out the left side of the screen, come out the right side, and then go down a pipe or something and like right. go to a different warp zone or whatever. It, it's possible that I'm the last person on this planet who actually watches the Wii, uh, what do you call it, the, the Wii, uh, the Nintendo channel on the Wii. Right? I actually uh-huh. like the Nintendo okay, channel. Okay, yeah, but they had when, then, uh, was it Super Mario All Stars came out yeah. on, on the Wii or something yeah. like that? No, it was the Mario. It was that the anniversary collection. I think it's the called. Mario All Stars right. collection. They had or a, a bunch of videos showing all the glitches you could do in Mario, and, and they actually outlined a lot of them that I had never heard of before. Yeah, wow, and, it's and pretty like, amazing. Turtle and Brown was down. one of them, and yeah, wow. that one one thing blew my mind. Like as a like a lifelong Super Mario sort of junkie, I had never seen yep. it, never Me knew neither. about it. Morgan from Nintendo sent it to us. It's amazing. So also uh, making the news in the last week. I don't know if you guys saw this. I hadn't seen this till I was grabbing news, but a guy finished it. Uh, finished Super Mario Brothers with only 600 points. That's like the new high. Right, yeah, I saw this. Really? Minimal score playing? Yeah, How do you do like, that? Because f- like uh, only getting flag The 100 goals, points on the flag, I basically. guess. Basically, Oh, yeah. I guess like, that makes sense, yeah. It's mm. pretty insane. Wait, too. how do you... Oh, you don't get One. points if you kill Koopa with the axe. 
and Bowser you don't, and you don't get points if you warp. So that's interesting, right? right. right. Yep. Ah. So um, it's really quite a watch. It's just like it's really graceful, actually. Right. And wow. speaking of graceful, Rhythm Heaven for the Wii coming out next wait, week. Wait, wait. I just Japan. had an orgasm. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I just had an orgasm. Two player karate, JJ. How excited are you? Uh, two, two player karate hitting a flower pots. Hype, you Max. and your wife, dude. Yes, yes. Same time. I'm really excited too. Right. I, I actually own that. They released two soundtracks for the for the uh, the DS one in right. Japan. They released the main one and they released the one Did that had all, really? all the European versions. Yeah. So like, I, I'm like the guy who listens to the karate music in like French and is like, <laughs> oh, this is awesome. What I was <laughs> I disappointed yeah. in the soundtrack for those games though is they don't they don't come with like the in game sounds built into. They the song. don't, and it's That's a bit of a, it's a bit of a downer. Ask. Yeah. So it's so just kind I, of the background and right. they're, good, they're good tracks but right. there's something about the experience it really is all about yeah, those. Right. Sure. there is a video like a 30 minute video on nico nico that has audio from the game within the songs uh-huh. and it's really good uh, JJ, nico, aren't nico. you uh one of the people who thinks the ds version is better than the gba version oh yeah i yeah. agree i think yeah. it is uh, okay. the way yeah. ds yeah. is better oh yeah the, the rhythm yeah. rhythm heaven gba version is by far no no no, no it's I more it's more pure because of the button you know, control, right, but I yeah. think content-wise, the DS one kicks it out. Well, the yeah, water. content yeah. maybe, yeah. but Music like is better. The, it's the all about getting better. in the zone and getting zen, and you can't do it as much with the with the stylus. That, that that reeks a little bit to me of that. Like we didn't get it, therefore it's better. Thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Listen, right. you know, hey. a lot of people complain about the controls in that game, but people perfect the shit out of that game. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, listen to me. Stop talking about that. We got to move on. <laughs> all right. We got to we got to start Warm, burning. It's going to be the game of the year. That's all I got to say. Okay, we got to start burning through news faster if we're going to get out of here. So, okay, uh, last Nintendo thing. Speaking of videos, a guy beat Queen Goma in six seconds. I don't know if you guys have seen this from the boss rush mode of Ocarina of Time. Six seconds? Yeah, six Ridiculous. seconds. It's fucking nuts. I don't know how we did it. He but fucking is he Japanese? to town White guy. it. Really? Yep. Yep. <sighs> Pretty awesome. Check it out. Um, switching gears entirely. PopCap sold to EA for $750 Poor million. Jeff Green. Or that Jeff is the first thing I thought. Yeah, the first thing Green. a lot of people thought. My first thought, my second thought was being at like a Game Developers Award. Actually, I remember Shane telling me about this and was like, most innovative game was given to PopCap. And this is back when they would just rip, rip off, off Japanese games. Every right. Japanese game there was. It was like, oh, that's Columns with a different name. And that's. that's Z- Zumo is whatever the Japanese. Yeah, they yeah, did that a but, lot. But. Uh, Hey, we got some friends there. More power to them. That's yeah, great. Yeah, they, make, yeah. they make kick-ass games now. They do. So. They do. So you guys... All for, all so it's fun to make fun of old PopCap. But yeah, right. new PopCap is very good. Um, over into Sony land. So, John, I think this includes your new uh, limited edition PS3 that you're going to be getting. Um, new model PS3s, the CECH 3000s on in order to uh, be compliant with a new DRM standard, we're going to require an HDMI cable for Blu-ray. 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 I heard about that. Playback. What are you going to do about all your Blu-rays? Huh? You're joking, right? <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. Do you, well, yeah. people do, in do you America guys, do own Blu-rays because really? they don't cost fucking $100 yeah. a piece. Okay, so. but do, what percentage do you think actually cares about this? I mean, we all we are all hardcore. We all want to have the right to do what we want with our digital media. That's sure. awesome. I totally yeah. agree. But what practically, what percentage of the population is actually affected by this? Well, but if you like a, so you've got a TV that only has two. Let's say you have a TV that doesn't have HDMI that only has component well, inputs. I, I'm right. a little behind in this, but isn't America switching over to HD televisions in general because there's that whole no, but you right. can, no, no, but you can have, have HD and not be HDMI though. Right, but, HDMI. but the vast majority. I mean, anything in the last three years is going to have it, and I think a lot of people are making. I mean, maybe I'm totally misinformed, but I, I feel like maybe. This isn't really a practical, but problem, my thing is, you know? I mean, it, it's just it, okay. It's not like 
it's one of those things where it's just like it's a more annoying in theory that it's like okay now i ha- my ps3 has to be the thing taking up an hdmi point uh, i have this mm. component cable that i bought for my ps3 mm-hmm. use it for the week i was planning on <laughs> using for forever and it, those things cost money um that now i'm not going to be able to use it are you really upset about it or are you just playing devil's advocate yeah, yeah. it always stings a little, a little something taken away right when they take away backward compatibility in the ps3 right. it's like oh no but people got over it right Right. I just right. feel like, you know, this is something that's going to happen. We get over it. I'm happy I have my old PS3. You know, I'm a TV like cable know. elitist, so I don't care. I say get HDMI TVs if it's a problem. Well, it's not it. It's not games, at least. That was a little mis- uh, not misreported. Right. It was reported correctly, but it was oh, really? a GameStop memo that originally came out saying, like, games and i i think if you're talking games then you got a real problem oh yeah. so it, you're still going to be able to use component cables you just won't be able to watch blu-rays with them that's right oh i didn't even know that i just thought it was, it was mine. another lost. reason yeah. not to buy blu-rays starting in Why 2014 you, you know what what did you, what did you, you, streaming? What, what did you streaming. say streaming uh, put the, uh, what corner now streaming <laughs> <laughs> all right so well what, what hopefully it won't be too much of a concern with is your ps4 because you're going to be uh, motion controlling. Oh, God. I saw that, and I just went into a depression it, for like a week. It's going to beam the videos right into your brain. You know what? I don't believe it. <laughs> so here's my first thing. Uh, I guess the PS4 is not going to sell in Japan because yeah. nobody yeah. has a fucking not living room space big enough to handle Connect. I, I don't know. It was. It seemed weird. So this is based on a, um, a report from um, a component manufacturer – uh, Digitimes, um, and they said it to somebody. Wall Street Journal reported it. Kotaku reported it. Um, they were basically saying that um, oh, component manufacturer told Digitimes um, that it's going to feature body movement controls like Microsoft's Connect, um, and then they also said that it's going to go into production at the end of this year for a 2012 launch, um, and apparently they're going to manufacture 20 million of these consoles for 2012. This is hardly bold, but I'm definitely calling bullshit on both of those. There's no way PlayStation 4 is launching next year. Like, unless it's a reactionary thing to Wii U, which they don't need to do, because Wii U is only going to be as powerful as PS3, more or less, right? That would put it right up against Mm. Vita, I mean, in the same year. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's one reason. might have already talked about this, but like, what's, what do you, how do you feel about graphics? I mean, do you feel like maybe with Japan, obviously, I mean, no offense, Japan, I love Japan, obviously I love Japan, but they're not able to compete really technologically as far as graphics go with the West. I think we'd agree on this, right? You mean in terms of in development terms of or development, hardware? Not yeah. hardware, development. Right. So wouldn't Sony be shooting themselves in the foot by advantage? Already Japan is not keeping up with the PS3. Wouldn't Sony be shooting Japan themselves in the Japan is not – I don't think so because Sony is smart enough, I think, the, to realize that the, the, the market. overseas market is more, way more important than Japan. So you think that Sony would consciously doom the Japanese I think well, Japanese, I don't, I'm not saying I necessarily agree it's going to be like that anyway. I mean, I do think it's going to be a step up, but I don't think it's going to be like a ma- – it's not going to be like PS2 to PS3 level jump. There's just no need. There's no – just, where are you going to jump to? Come on. I mean, so it wait, have you seen the GTA 4 ICE plug-in videos? Like, no. have you seen that shit? Like, when you, <laughs> yes. have that you was seen ridiculous. Yeah. When you see that shit, you're like, uh, okay, yeah, it's time for next gen. I'm we sorry, need yeah. to do wait, this Can now. you give us some con- I don't know this. I'm sure people it's listening a, it's, don't it's either. It's basically, it's like a lighting patch or a plug-in that you can use in Grand... Uh, the PC version. 4. It's not oh, just PC lighting. Okay. It's yeah, it's not just lighting. It's, it's everything. Yeah. It's so a it's fan a, done a thing fan that patched. makes the okay. retail game look like a piece of fucking dog shit. Totally yeah. believe you, but at what point does like what you don't have like uh, like draw you? Like at some point you're just satisfied with what you have regardless of if it can get much better or Until not. Until you, know I mean? you see the next thing. Uh, right. Mm. So, okay, anyway, moving on. 
Uh, yeah. Moving on. I, it's not that I don't think that the PS4 could have. I mean, it's not above Sony to steal somebody else's good idea. Like, right. Lord knows. It's yeah. Back to the N64. But, um, I, and I'm not saying that that wouldn't even happen. I would be surprised if they make that the cornerstone of their next system. Right. That's a pretty bold admission that they like. Fucked yeah. Up. It has they to won't. have something. Yeah. There's, there's one, no one thing on the Japanese way. tip, though. I think, like, no matter what happens with the PS4, most Japanese devs are going to focus on Vita. Or 3DS. That's true, but it's a little bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I sad. Mean, that makes me sad. Yeah. I've always, right. you know, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, no longer sad. Something you no longer have to be sad about is the Japanese PlayStation Store, which is finally, finally. back. Finally. It lives. Yes. We talked about uh, uh, Pixel Junk Shooter. Um, uh, staying in, like, Japanese PlayStation news, Catherine is coming out. Um, the demo's American, coming out. I'm thinking right? about picking that up. The demo's the coming out. Version, the demo's right? out this week, and it's I think the game is out yeah. in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I didn't play the Japanese version. Anybody play it? I did. John did. Yeah. Yeah. I like reviews, it a lot. Reviews have already started hitting the... I so saw IGN had the first started coming review. out. Yeah, IGN was really hyped on it. Phil Kohler wasn't that high on it. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, was like a little, seven. Yeah, he, he got a bad ending, and it's kind of a longish game, and you kind of have to start it all over, which is kind of a old-fashioned kind of thing. But so... You're into it, even though it's kind of, it's like a puzzle game. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I'm 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 I want to get the U.S. version as well because I'm curious how they localize it. Because as we've said it before on the show, yeah. it's a very Japanese game. I'm really torn because I I love the the fuck out of Studio Yondoshi, like the Studio Four Degrees Celsius, the animation mm. company that does the cutscenes. I I love them. They look really good. Yeah. In ways you just working don't understand. on the new Berserk movie, by the way. No shit, really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> okay, see, I love them even more now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, but I'm not really a Persona fan, and I, I, I respect the hell out of Persona. Like, I, I think it's a great series that's not for me. You know, right. like, I, I know there's a huge fan base. So like, I can't decide whether Catherine is for me or not. Like, and I just haven't. I'll lend you my copy if you want to try it. Did there you, you play the demo? I did not. Oh, we should try the demo. Yes. All right. So, not coming to America, staying in Japan. Uh, PS3 DVR, the tournament. Got updated Woo! with like a real time Twitter stuff and a bunch of other yeah. crap. I, I still I'm sorry I'm using it more now. I'm mm. happy to have one of these things, but I still cannot believe that I cannot. Am I right? <laughs> you cannot pause a live recording. You cannot. But no DVR in this okay, country does. JJ, that. I'm, what year would you say of uh, what's the US one that's TiVo? What year TiVo would you say they're up to it now? At this Not, point? Even like, <laughs> Not even two thousand. Not even two thousand. They just got folders. I'm just I, got folders. I, I, I am. I am not. I'm not saying that. It's, I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm, I'm looking at you, but it's like the, the cartoon where they sees the hot dog on the desert island. I'm seeing Brad. I'm seeing Brad Douglas, our friend from Sony, who's going to be on this podcast soon to defend L.A. Noir. by the right. way. Um, I'm seeing him yeah. defending Tornet. I feel I feel like at this point, because so like no DVRs in this country have it, there's got to be like a law that prohibits it or something. Well, I, the only reason I bring it up is because we talked about PS4. A lot right. of people have talked about DVR functionality coming to consoles. Maybe that's kind of one of the next things. Mm. It's coming to the Xbox 360. So maybe maybe they should figure this shit out. And so I have a question here. So yeah. Japan, when you buy a television, here, you have to get. I think it's called the B dash CAC card. Uh, yeah, you get a card. Right? Yeah. Does that happen in the U.S. too? Do you get you have a, a card to get digital? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. I mean, no. there's different ways you can do it. You can get a uh, cable box that kind of inserts like that. It's like yeah. a, it's like basically your cable tuner that comes in a card form. Because Japan, it's a paper card you put in your television, yeah, right? You open up a slot in the back and you it's jack the card in. It's so weird. I'm wondering if that's part of maybe what the digital, maybe it's just stricter or whatever. I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like there's got to be like a law. 
you got trying to make sense of things that don't make sense in Japan is just going to age you and make your hair fall out. So, sure. so also, also <laughs> staying in Japan is this um, Resident Evil 15th anniversary box set um, coming out, uh, available only on the Capcom e store. You out, are a Resident Evil 8th. fan, yes? Are you excited? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, because I lost my Resident Evil collection. If I still had my Resident Evil collection, I would buy this, but I lost Wait, all I, why? old stuff. Well, because I lost it in my Oh, you mean shed. if you, you just add to your collection? Yeah, you if mean. I still oh, okay. had a collection to add to, this is Resident Evil 1 Director's Cut, PlayStation, Resident Evil 2 and 3, PlayStation, Code Veronica is the PS3 revival version, and Resident Evil 4 is the PS3 revival, and those actually look pretty good. Really? Yeah, those revivals. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I haven't really seen yeah, them. I just kind of out? assume they're going to be crap. Coming out uh, yeah. September 8th. It's about Ooh. 100 bucks. Um, it's got some soundtracks. It's got a nice little box with a slot for RE5. You can put in there like an empty space. See, I have a, I have a confession here. I've actually yeah. only played 4 and 5, so this might be exactly what I need. Wow. Well, yeah. Shit. Yeah, there you go. And there's probably a lot of people like that, right? Here's yeah. the thing, though. You should play... Well, this is this is ruining uh, the upcoming Resident Evil anniversary podcast, but you <laughs> should play. <laughs> you should play. We never remake. said fifteenth anniversary, did we? Yeah. You should play remake, which still. Right. Has what, what is remake? I really GameCube, don't know anything. Help the me. GameCube and slash Wii version. Yeah. GameCube remake of one. Yes, yes. That's, exactly. the, that's that's the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle. That okay. well. It de- that's, of old style Resident Evil. You know, okay. We're getting into like different discussions, but you should still play PlayStation One. They're almost different games. It's a mm. full remake. We'll do that podcast for people like you, Brian. Please you do. Listen. We, we are. are. I'm, I'm very, very fascinated. Yes, we are going to do that. Um, and I mentioned La Noir, which was number one uh, last week in Japanese sales with Yay. like uh, fifty eight thousand. Good for them. Um, I saw a tweet from somebody cool. today, like some Japanese uh, game developer, who was like, "Anybody want to buy a copy of La Noir because it's garbage?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're gonna talk. Uh, about some differences of opinion about that game. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be its own standalone podcast or whatever, but um, we had some Twitter chatter about that recently. Um, also, interestingly enough, the Wiimote Plus Variety Pack debuted at number five. Kind of want. With, with 17,000 really? sales. Yeah. The interesting thing I thought was Wii Sports Resort still, which you know comes with the yeah. Wiimote Plus accessories, still just barely undersold it at 13,000 and that came out in 2010. Wow. <laughs> that came out in in uh earlier than that, right? November 11th, 2010. Yeah. It came 2009, out. We were, we were still in our old yeah, office. Definitely what? 9, yeah. No, I think 2010 is last year. No, no, it was definitely. Oh no, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. 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 Wait, I must have got my numbers wrong. Yeah, cuz mm. that was that is old. Ye old. No, it was uh Skip and Yuji Naka made some games for it and I am huge fans of both of those. Well, that company and that person. I'll admit, Everybody that's interesting. A, everybody <laughs> just has Wii remotes by now. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the thing. Yeah, everybody bought the last, you know, little collection. Well, and that, and like, like, it's kind of hard to play with my kid and stuff. So. Well, right now. Right now. Right. Later on, maybe. Um, also, maybe later on, you'll play Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime 3. JJ, yes, please. I'm kind of 3DS. excited. I'll take it. But will Colin Williamson re- revise his role as yes. uh, the slime? <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. Revise was he the slime? Reprise. He was prized as well. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, also in Squareland, Final Fantasy XIII-2. Um, Nomura has no, said... No, no, none of that. None of that. <laughs> none of that. Careful, Brian. So for people who don't know, we didn't actually get into your background. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I actually uh, I started my career at, at Square, which later turned into Square Enix. And, uh, was yes. that after you left or before you left? Square it was Enix. after. Oh, sorry, it was before I left. Oh, okay. What era of Square? I was there games? in the Final Fantasy X's early Kingdom Hearts uh-huh. years, and, I, and I'm still, quote-unquote, <laughs> the Kingdom Hearts guy. Yes. So, uh, you know, so... Uh, 
I don't know. I'm torn. About, are, we, are we talking about Square now? I mean, like, you sure. know, I'm, I'm torn about Square. You know, I think that they're, uh, I, I always have loved their IPs growing up, and I still think that those IPs are great, and there's a lot of great people in the company. Obviously, they're having some problems, right? Yeah, Brian, yeah. how yeah. great is your beloved Final Fantasy IP when they're turning out shit like Theatrhythm Final Fantasy? <laughs> okay, that game 3DS. actually looks pretty good. Well, that's not really, I mean, okay. <laughs> okay, let's say what, what it is real quick before you guys sure, get in your opinions, it, yeah. and yeah, I'm being a little facetious here, but um, basically it looks kind of of like a, a taiko no tatsujin like a, a taiko drum master game where yeah. you're tapping on things as they're floating across the stream it's actually like a music rpg r- rhythm right, right. game yeah themed in the final fantasy though let's be real universe like, that shit should be on the iphone for real dog we don't really even know what it is yet though right and on the record i'm not going to be an apologist here like i have right. the same issues everybody has with it but like I, i'm certainly not going to go for the jugular of square Enix, like i think a lot of people are doing you know I right think me yeah. <laughs> well, I will say the developer um, of Indie uh, Zero, yeah, this game Indie Zero made Electroplankton and did. Retro Game Challenge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. not no, a bad. Oh, pedigree. nice! I, I want it. I, you know, really, first, they made Retro Game Challenge. Yep. When that I first gives heard me the uh, hope. That's right, they did. Yeah. Uh, they used to belong to Namco or something like that. Anyway, uh, when I first heard the name, I was like, "Who the fuck decided this name?" <laughs> you were like, yeah. uh, "It was really negative." But when I saw the screenshots, I was like, "Okay, I can get it." They got issues with their naming. Let's yeah. just put that on the table. Like, their but the game itself is... looks promising. I I would play it. So back to thirteen two. Just the reason that I brought that up. Um, Nomura has said that players will have a chance to play it soon, which I I hope he doesn't just mean on the floor at TGS. But I'll, TGS I'll go on I think thirteen two is going to be great. And I don't know anything about it. And the reason I say that is I, I and I know people were divided on this. My first project in the game industry ever was Final Fantasy ten two. Right. Um, you know, I was there from the beginning. And I know people didn't get past the girly, you know, whatever of it. And I know it's a very divisive game. But in the end, it did a lot of great things with the battle system. And right. It, it and has its fans. Isn't, isn't that sure. yeah. Garnet Lee's favorite RPG? Uh, Shane, actually, oh, I okay. think, really likes it. Shane actually had the one with the the, the, the guns. Or was it? Ten? The gunner. Is it? Yeah. Garnet Lee, who unfortunately I'd, couldn't be here tonight, although you guys had lunch with him today. Yes. Props to Garnet. I had a ton of fun working on that. You know, I did the songs and, you know, the two songs that Yuna slash you know, songstress or whatever sings the game. Had a great time with it, you know, and like, it's clear that a team that is freed up from having to build resources, that's Square's pitfall, right? Is they don't know how to make resources. Their pipeline is not so great, right? I mean, you know, they end up, you know, turning material out for a long time before they decide what they're going to make. So when you get a situation where they've got Final Fantasy X out the door and they're making a X-2, right. it's all just, we've got the pieces, let's make something fun with it. And you can tell that they excel at that kind of stuff. Right, right. So I think thirteen two is actually going to be a really fun game. Whether it's yeah. pretty, whether the story is good, those are separate Do you issues. think that's purely game, based on your really experience good. with ten two, or because of things you've seen in thirteen two that make you feel that way? Uh, well, I have no inside information about thirteen. No, not inside. I mean, whatever yeah. they've shown everybody. Like, because to me, like, the thing, the one difference between then and now is I think the Final Fantasy team when you were there had a soul. And like now, uh, it's like. That's not fair. That's they're not robots. Fair. That's not fair. Is it not fair? That's not fair at all. Uh, totally robots. fair. Final Fantasy 13 is soulless. And, you know, tell me why. I, I mean, didn't, I didn't you know like what? 13. The media reaction like 13. to 13 too, I think, is evidence of what I'm saying. Like, nobody cares. Like, they're putting out screenshots and new information true. every week, and it's you don't true. see it on any site or anything. So, okay, so there is an. I think there is an apathy towards 13 2 that is surprising for a Final Fantasy game. But I think what Brian's point is, is mm-hmm. like. Pressure is off, kind of, and they're able to just sure, do the sure. stuff that's like, like cool. Not disagree with the main point at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've already seen that there's going to be towns, <laughs> towns. You know, right, like, I'm going to start yeah. my towns, right? You know, I, I, 
great. You know, I like towns too. Towns are cool. <laughs> towns are next gen. But when you're praising, but when you're like praising something that is as simple as a town, I'm like not. You, that's not the point. My point. My point is only that now that they're freed up from the pressure of how do we deal with the PlayStation Three? What do we do with the next gen title? Now, five like years this, later, I'm sure, assuming sure. that they're all sitting down. Toriyama-san's a great guy. You know, yeah, he, yeah. he really is. How does and, that explain uh, that other Final Fantasy game, though? What fourteen? Uh, what is it? Uh, hmm? The one that they announced ten years ago in versus thirteen oh, versus, versus 13. thirteen. Oh, the one that's now. Uh, what did they say? It's in pre-production. pre-production. Well, they like, clar- I, I, I'm only catching up with this myself. They're clarifying that now and saying that their definition of pre-production is the same everyone else's. I'm not going to go anywhere near that. Right. Yeah. But, thirteen Agito or whatever it's called now. That's uh, oh, that's zero. That's, that's actually zero. Yeah, that's right. But else. I mean, it's like it, there's so much shit right. to keep track of. And then, um, you know, again, we've talked. Square has some issues they need to work through. That doesn't change the fact that there's some people in the company who are ridiculously nice and ridiculously talented. And I sure. hope people don't forget that. That yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that. And the company, I hope, will work through its issues and make some really cool stuff. And so, me too. Me too. I'm excited yeah. about thirteen too. I think that they're going to do some really. You know, they're going to they're freed up to do just make a fun game. And I'm hoping they're going to come through on that. Right. I really I'll, do. I'll think give it will. a fair shot. Yeah. They've got we about a day to impress me. A day. One I'm giving day. them a day. I gave Final Fantasy 13 about a month. I oh, gave Final Fantasy 13 2 a day. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, they're not going to. No, they're not tomorrow. till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. By the time this podcast is up, this yeah. is already outdated. You hear that? They've got like at least 32 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. All right. So, um, Monolith Soft switching gears. God bless them. Yes. Love that company. Wholly owned Nintendo subsidiary, forming a new Kyoto studio. Yes. Um, they're talking about Wii U development. They're working on stuff. The mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles, as it's known now, is coming out to Europe. Yeah, 19th, as we already mentioned, that date got moved up. Polyphony Digital is moving part of their staff to Fukuoka. Yep. Really? Which is interesting. Yeah, 50 of their 150, roughly, employees are moving there. And apparently that talk started happening out of the earthquake. I don't really know Oh, really? Yeah, what that yeah. means or why. It's like, well... Gran Turismo will go on no matter what happens. I am already super excited for 2024's Gran Turismo 6. (laughs) Fukuoka is kind of slowly becoming the game capital of Japan. Very slowly. Because of level 5. In five years, level 5 is going to be the Japanese gaming industry. CyberConnect 2, also there. Um, So, um, speaking of that region, uh, Dragon's Crown from our friends over at VanillaWare. Badass. Giant thighs. Busty Vita PS3 conveyor belt fantasy brawler, uh, you could call it. It's like Golden Axe, right? Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like a Golden Axe kind of yeah. kind of game. Um, apparently, uh, they've been talking about uh, talking about the game. It looks really good. If you haven't seen the art style, go check it out. Vanillaware stuff looks great. Mm. Um, our friends at Ignition bringing it out to America. Um, but apparently, it's like a forty to fifty hour game. I find that hard to believe. Did anybody play Odin Sphere? I did. I it bought it. Kind of. That sounds very familiar. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I hear forty to fifty hours, but with about ten hours of assets. Right. It's yeah. so part of what they uh, said is it's going to be like different. It sounds like different branching paths, and it's like okay, if you have to get this item, you've got to go down this way through a dungeon. Right. A lot of replay, but something else they talked about, which sounds really cool, is um. So dead players leave bones. You come across bones when you're walking through. Oh, cool. And that's other players. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So other players, you look at them, and it's like this shows you who died there, and they can leave a message. That sounds awfully familiar to them. Well, you. hey, yeah. that is, it's a good idea. It but is a great idea. there's their little spin. B-b-b-b- you can collect the bones, 
and revive them um, at like a shrine into to NPCs. load your boner gun, right? I know really? I've seen it before. <laughs> your boner. Yes. Um, yeah, and make your NPCs. Or so what do they do? What do the NPCs do? I don't know. They, they just follow stuff. you around and help you on stuff? They, their boobs like bounce around sword? and like they beat up gnomes and Guardian shit. Heroes, cool. Undead Hero kind of stuff? Probably the, so. Uh, yeah. When they is do? that game coming out? When is that coming out? That's like I thought it was supposed to be summer and I need that now. I want to say it's fall. And <laughs> JJ's upset. I'm totally throwing a party once that know. comes out. Dude, though. yes. That is going to be a big thing. Dragon's Crown party. Four players. We can all be invited. Nice. Um, Irem. Speaking of hardcore awesome. Are they still around? Yeah, what happened? Sort of. Yeah, so yeah. We're, I, uh, kind of, but who's not still around is uh, director Kazuma Kujo, who left <laughs> to form his own studio, Granzella. And... Um, I'm sad to say that they're making PlayStation Home content. Oh, God. Which is kind of like, I feel like, I mean, being a hooker for food. Kind right, of like, right. Like, is this the 10 minutes where we bash PlayStation Home? <laughs> for random people, for, for, you know, change in the couch. But he did say on Twitter. So it's not such a good thing, right? Just to be clear. He did say on Twitter. Hey, they just started the company. That's, you know. You know you get, that's the, my thing. It's kind of like you got to do it. It's sure. You got to sleep with the director. Right. Um, I don't know. You gotta well, do some stuff you're not that proud of. How does that feel to be that company? Like, look at Gretzo, right? Like, uh, you know, yeah, the, the Monica, you know, who are like up the street from here. Yeah, and it's like they go from like nobody to like let's make let's remake Zelda. You know? Right. What's the magic step from going to like? Well, I think the company? magic step is yeah. that the guy who runs it has industry experience and clout, That's which right. is why this guy who worked on our type, right, should have something to flex a little bit. Well, so he's the big disaster report guy, right. and he's ah. hinting on Twitter that he's gonna be taking action to revive that why? series somehow. So what do you mean why? It's, it's a very popular series here. The, I'm sure the it's first bad. one was very popular, but yeah. I think after that, well, maybe he's going to make like a based on a true story, uh, March 11th earthquake But like when you report. think about it, like you're in this company for however many years, and the last like 10 years has been all the same game. Right, and I, you finally leave the company, and what do you do? I want to do what I was doing before. I'll just like, take a new R-Type, thanks. Right. Yeah, 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 seriously. Yeah. Calling I mean, that one final was the worst thing they ever did. Yeah. Yeah. Our type Delta, get, get go back R-type to the R type Delta, Delta so team good. and have them make some more shit. So good. Um, speaking of so good, Bioshock Infinite, their E3 demo um, got released. Did you see that, Brian? Your gasp of pleasure. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm avoiding How can it. Not like that. I mean, it's just you know. You know again, what? It, so the interesting thing, I, my interesting thing, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it online yet. I can't remember if I said this on another podcast, but my my reaction to it was with most first person shooters. Like, when the story starts up, I'm like, oh, God, all right, here's the story. When am I going back to, like, when the action is happening? With the Bioshock thing, I was, like, captivated by the story. That's it. It's, we would go back to the portal discussion before. I mean, some people just understand that gameplay is there. It's, it's got to be the story and the gameplay have got to be together the whole time. You know? Right. You're just in it. You know, and you're watching. Even if you're watching a demo, you're in it. I'm not holding the controller. I'm watching it, when the, and I'm yeah. still in it. You know, it, it was another thing yeah. too. It, we back to the shadows of the damn talk. It wasn't like didn't have to explain everything. It's it right. like shit just happened. It was like, wow, what the hell was that? You can people are smart. They piece it together. Just yeah, give them pieces exactly. You know? And that's what Bioshock does so well. But I will say, when the shooting started, I was kind of like, all right, when are we going to get back to the story? It's like, okay, that guy's got a rocket launcher. That guy's shooting stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I'm want to play that game for the story but i'm uh, like i want the i want the gameplay to be more than just this is good enough to get me to the next um mm-hmm. sort of section i'm hoping that was kind of my that. problem with bioshock actually i just did not like the in-between parts 
that much. I didn't play Bioshock 2, but I think people were... That wasn't so good. Is I'm that, skipping Bioshock yeah, 2. Like Bioshock it exists in my is that, is that the mentality? Well, I, really, I have heard that actually in the, the DLC, the Minerva's Den or whatever, I have heard that the story of Bioshock 2 is actually surprisingly good. But it, it didn't hit the same... It didn't reach critical mass like Bioshock One did. To right. be sure. I mean, I think wasn't inspiration. from the very beginning of that. It was like people just didn't see the need for it, and right. so they've always had yeah. like a really negative uh, well, outlook too. on it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that, it looks amazing too. Yep. Like it, it looked ridiculously amazing. I like that they can take little kind of you know sort of screen grabs of American culture and turn it into a whole world, you know? Right. Like, and that's why I think like, like that and yeah, like that too. And exactly. it's just so exciting to see what they really do. Cause how do you, you know, they somehow take this tiny little slice and make this huge, huge thing. And se- like yeah. setting and characters and writing, like all of it matters. You know, all of it is like being cared about and paid attention to. Yeah, so totally. Sucked. Um, uh, last thing, uh, Katamari Damashi creator, uh, Keita Takahashi has left us. Has gone to Vancouver. Really? Yes. No kidding. <laughs> yes, to work at developer um, Tiny Spec, which was founded by some um, ex Flickr like bazillionaires, I'm sure. Yeah. To work on this game Glitch, uh, which is like a side scrolling MMO. I watched the trailer. It's like weird. Yeah. I didn't see the trailer. Because Katamari Damashi is not weird at all. Right? I know. It's like so straight laced and whatever. <laughs> right. Noby boy. Like that's not going to work at all. No, it seems like a good fit for him. It's just uh, watching it, I was like, this has high production values. There's obviously a lot of creative people working on it, but it didn't. I was like, I don't know that I really want to play it, but mm. it looks Noby Noby boy didn't weird. do anything for me. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. But I mean, he was a guy. I mean, I, I not really had no inside kind of connection here but he was a guy who was a little bit frustrated with the japanese game industry yeah. right so this is probably a good thing for him right sure yeah, yeah. if i was him i'd go to vancouver too it's it, it feels like like canada is kind of like on the forefront of well they gaming they, these days well, they Maple subsidize syrup. their shit very yeah. heavily so it's lots of good shit coming out of does. canada mm. yeah no but there are a lot of talented people yeah a lot of friends of ours there. go buy sword and sorcery i yep. was gonna say ah, yes. Yes. speaking of which that's um, why i mentioned it so um i said it Let's see. Corrections from last week. We got a few people. Corrections. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Our corrections section. Our new corrections section. What JJ, did the guests get wrong? What's the, what's the, what's the theme for our corrections section? Uh, it was a theme song. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. Was I handed you. How come everything sounds like it's from like a Mel Brooks movie or something? I'm Jewish. I guess so. So racist. I handed you a correction section and you didn't even incorporate it. I know. It's like silver plumbs, dude. Um, just a quick science Correction note. section. Says James, um, much more politely <laughs> than other people that yeah. uh, that corrected us very angrily. Yeah. It's had some bad words that I'm not going to go into. Sodium is a metal that explodes <laughs> when exposed to water. Sodium chloride is the compound known as table salt. So that was us talking about the hit game Sodium <laughs> 2 for PlayStation Home. Yeah. Um, of course, we all know that. And we were talking about sodium chloride. Sure. Duh. Duh. No, I actually didn't know that, but you know, sodium. When you think about it, you think yeah. about salt. Okay. I really enjoyed that comment. He was very tactful about it. He just I like that guy. Some more yes. from other people on there was, the there was another guy that uh, talked about the bubble pee thing. I was really that guy. Oh, should, yeah. That that sodium guy should get a code. We'll give him. Let's let's hook him up with one of the codes we have. All right, sure. Sodium guy, you're gonna get a code. I don't know how you're gonna. JJ will take care of it. Get it to you because he's I'll just a commenter it out. on our board, but. 
He may have left his email. Okay. If you um, didn't, if you're listening to this, James, please uh, email info at eight four dot jp or all willing imposters. Now yeah, everybody exactly. exactly. Right. Prove it. Be prepared prove to prove. Give me your address. Um, and the bubble pee thing. Uh, we just had somebody write in to say yeah about his experience with it, and like he went to check out his kidneys, and apparently there was something wrong, and he was on dialysis for two to five years. So even if we save only one life, JJ, well, right now I'm I'm it. kind of afraid. So. Um, so actually, I guess we have one last note here. You can win a date with the Yakuza of the End hostess. That sounds We can't awesome. go without mentioning this. Um, this is in our, our charity section of the they're podcast. They're kind of cute. Um, the one on no, the... they're actually really not. Really? And one thing I've noticed about the Yakuza of the End hostesses is like their in-game models, they just look horrific. They, yeah, dude, they're scary. <laughs> Terrible. Scary. Even the ones that are actually like attractive in real the life. The ones that are like TV famous people, like Yaguchi Mari from, uh, she was in Yakuza 4 as like a bathhouse girl or something like that, a massage parlor. Yeah. And it was the creepiest shit I've ever seen in my life. Because she's like a 12-year-old boy who's like massaging you and like looking at you with like vacant eyes. And <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with eyes. that. Eyes. A little, a little, yeah. <laughs> eyes like a doll's eyes. Yes, pretty much. Um, well, you can win a contest at Sega's throwing to win a, a date with one of these two hostesses. Um, you win 45 minutes for to eat and drink with them, JJ. That's and all, is it? 45 minutes? All you can drink beer and all you can eat edamame in that 45 <laughs> minutes. That's not a bad deal. <laughs> Pulling out all the stops. Um, those are soybeans. Yeah, very exciting. You can hear Hiroko laughing from the other room. Um, classy, classy deal. So yeah, you can uh, find the link on uh, andreasang.com. Um, those dates take place from August 1st through the 13th. JJ, you're going to be entering? Uh, what's, your, no. what's your best line for um, Erika uh, Mizushima? <laughs> hey, baby. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Come on. When you no, think of hitting on, on, when you think Give me of a hitting on girls. line, JJ, you're not married, no kid. You meet this hot hostess girl. You see her. What do you say? Ah, fuck, dude. It's been, it literally has been 10 years since I've hit on a girl. All right. So what was the last thing that you said when you hit on a girl? Uh... Hey, do you want to go out for dinner? Oh, <laughs> like oh. out of nowhere? Just say, do you want to go out for dinner? No, like I've never actually. You're hit, making this up. I've never actually okay. hit on a girl. You're not going to say what. Usually, the truth it is. like starts with conversation, and then was I go and just probably like, do you like Evangelion? No, I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not that much of a nerd. So you're not right. going to say it. No, I don't really have. One. I just came here to approve that. I <laughs> uh, I I do not have any pickup lines. Right. Yeah. All right. Well. Boring. Yes. Sorry. Wrong. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in a relationship for ten years. So, uh, just to wrap up, finish up our charity section, play for Japan album. We mentioned it in the Yamoka section. Yes. yes. Uh, kind of awesome. I got my my copy today. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. 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 Kind of awesome. Yeah. To it. I so listened to it at least twice through already. What's your favorite track? Oh, it's tough. You know, I actually, I really like Uematsu-san's track a lot because it's not what I expected. You know, uh-huh, I, right. it's, it's, it's a vocal totally track different. and it's like, that's kind of uh-huh. cool. And, What's it uh, called? Uh, Enter something? Or oh, I don't know the name. Sandman. Man. The other track I really <laughs> liked was, well, I mean, they're all really great. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, Yamoko-san's track was really cool too. Uh-huh. But my, one of my favorites was, and I hope I'm not saying the name wrong, is Inanzur, the guy who did the Prince of Persia soundtrack mm. towards uh-huh. the end. Uh, he did a great track You're too. supposed yeah. to say Hip Tanaka. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Hip waiting Tanaka, for yes. <laughs> Hip Tanaka, yes. Uh, well, cool. Awesome. You can find that on iTunes. Yes, iTunes and eventually it. on Amazon as well. Uh, very soon it'll be available on Amazon, although Koji Kondo's track won't be on Amazon for whatever reason. What? But the rest of them will be, yeah. Yeah, okay. so right now you could get it from iTunes. Uh, it's out in the U.S. and Europe. Um, nine dollar ninety nine cents. Yep, ten bucks. Like yes, yeah. it's cheap, bucks. and it goes to charity. So yes. don't be yeah. cheap. 
It's good music. Yep. Yes. Yeah, you could, it's the you kind could of thing it. you'd buy even if you weren't doing something nice to the right. world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you could buy individual t- um, tracks, but yeah, um, we recommend you getting the whole album. Yeah, because it's like, how many tracks? It's like 15 or 16 18, tracks, right? Oh, eight, 18? Something like I think that. It was it's, a lot. A, it's a really yeah, it's good a deal. Really good deal. Yeah. yeah. That's and like 87 cents per track. <laughs> but for, for the other territories, um, it is scheduled to come out at the end of this month or either... The beginning of next month. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All cool. right. So um, I guess that's just right about it. Yes. Um, wrap it up. Thank you, Brian, very much. For, Thank you. Uh, for it's been coming. a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 We had a blast. Brian, you uh, free drinks. That's right. <laughs> free chew, all the chew highs you can drink uh, as well. Uh-huh. But um, who wants to tell people where they can find us and send feedback? Uh, on the internet at www.8-4.jp. On Twitter uh, at 84 play or on our personal twitters i am john tv i am um, at mark mcd s-p-r-s-k hiroko 84 and brian what's your twitter i am uh brylingual that's bry with an i that's clever thank you <laughs> and uh you can also find us on facebook uh just look up 84 and like us and, and our wonderful uh home at oneup.com thank you very much slash yeah. ign i guess I, that's right <laughs> our new masters yep um so yeah uh check us out please uh give us feedback um coming up like we said we're going to talk about la noir we are still working on the resident evil podcast believe it or not super nintendo podcast coming happening. coming along with the nino kuni podcast i think <laughs> well that i wasn't going to mention but thanks for bringing that up <laughs> actually brian was one of the guys that we were going to have on right. when and yeah. if we can talk about that so let's have it right now how, super was, how was nino kuni shut up jj <laughs> the super nintendo 20th anniversary is august Maybe in america yes, okay so <laughs> that would be great timing yes um but um that's it for this couple weeks. So um, until next time, Brian. <clears throat> what the shit? Johnson, the end of this podcast is blocked by these demon pubes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry. No, it was great. Yeah, that was Fleming.